If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Ladies, gentlemen, welcome to the colorful world of Skittles. Skittles brings you a jolt of five fruity flavors in every bite, giving you the chance to taste the rainbow like never before. Break free from the ordinary day-to-day with the help of Skittles Chewy Candy. Skittles is a must in my candy jar, movie snack, even my secret so an afternoon pick-me-up. And I don't even care who knows it. Add a splash of joy to your day with Skittles. There's nothing better than fruity fun that tickles your taste buds. Taste the rainbow. This is a fork in the road. Love's last episode. There's nowhere to go. Oh no, you made your choice. Now it's up to me to bow out gracefully though you hold the key but baby whenever you call me i'll be there whenever you want me i'll be there whenever you need me i'll be there i'll be around Praise the Lord, niggas. Welcome back to another episode of Getting Grown. I am here just to introduce our reprise episode while Kia and I are on break for the next few weeks. We hope that you'll tune in. We didn't just pick these episodes out the crack of our asses. We actually put a little bit of intention into it. And so this week, oh wait, let me do a proper introduction. Praise the Lord, niggas. Welcome back to another episode of Getting Grown, where we discuss the tests, the trials, the tests, the tribulations, the temptations, the titties, the testosterone. Hey, nigga, the turbulences uh, and um, the tubular. It's so tubular here today so yeah welcome back to another episode of getting grown this week we're going to discuss some of my favorites we're going to have some of my favorite kitchen tables featuring some of my favorite women uh people humans who are out here just doing the work and uh yeah we're gonna bring that back to you all so we're gonna reprise some of jade's top five favorite kitchen tables uh, featuring dr yaba blay featuring the illustrious ladies of around the way curls and so much more make sure you all tune in check it out keep supporting the kids and we're gonna be back in a couple of weeks y'all know we just had to take a moment make sure you enjoy these kitchen table talks you know kia's traveling for work and it's been a busy week, so we thought we'd keep it light this week. So we're going to do some top fives. We're just going to have right. some fun conversation, ask each other a couple top fives. What are our top five favorite whatevers? I don't know what Kia's going to ask. She don't know what I'm going to ask. I don't know what I'm going to ask. And I'm sure Kia don't know what oh, she's going to ask. Jesus. <laughs> Correct. 
<laughs> but we're going to let it flow and we're going to let it be a fun, lighthearted kitchen table talk this week. And then we have a really good kitchen table talk for you guys next week. I'm really excited about. So let's see. I'll go first. Sis. I won't put you on the spot. Thank you so much. No, no problem. But then I'm putting you on the spot because these questions are for you. What are some of your top five favorite movies? This is in no particular order. Okay. It's just going to be five of my favorite movies. I can't rank them because then that would be too much stress. Okay. Um, but I'm just going to start listing five movies that I love. Um, since I'm not prepared, it's hard to just kind of like go in, in, in order. Well, we figured it's so or two would come from this. So <laughs> absolutely movies that I love. Um, the first movie that is coming to my mind right now is The Women of Brewster Place. Ah! Everybody in that movie is a legend right now. Yes. Somebody posted a meme and I reposted it. And the meme had the, the cast picture from The Women of Brewster Place. And literally everybody in the picture is a legend. Um, Cicely Tyson, yes. Robin Givens, Oprah, uh, uh, Lynn Whitfield. Uh, it's just so much so many awesome amazing people in that one movie so the woman of Brewster Place is definitely in my top five okay closely followed by the Jackson 5 in America oh my god yes because I could probably recite the movie verbatim word for word like I just know it I just know it and it is just known um climb hmm. every mountain you gotta cut you had to tighten up that end toward <laughs> every stream Listen, follow every rain <laughs> That little baby, that little baby really sung that song. The M's and M's were Stream. not to be messed with. He was like, every string. <laughs> Follow every rainbow <laughs> till you find your dream. <laughs> a dream that will need to sing, honey. All the love you can give. <laughs> so good. Yes. So, 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 so good. Woo, that is one of my favorites. Okay, that was only two. Oh, you're right. I mean, the color purple, the color purple seems like the right thing to say. Fair enough. Um, because I know that one as well. Um, but I'm going to try to get some more current movies because I feel like I'm way back in, in, in Stone Ages. Oh. Um oh. Wow. I would say Black Panther is one of my favorite movies okay. because I saw it so many times mm -hmm. and it's just like, it was just really, it was just a beautiful film to watch. And I kind of know that uh, verbatim as well because we have watched, we have watched from the mountains, from the mountains <laughs> in disgust. Okay. Um, okay. Dang. That was four. That was four. I got to say, like, um, hmm, top five, top five movies of all time. It's got to be like Coming to America or okay. something. Okay. Okay. I feel like all my stuff was old, but yes. Uh... <laughs> So well, with the exception see. of Black Panther. So, yeah, your turn. And I'm see. sure I'm I should have prepared for this. 
But we're flying by the seat of our pants. We, how tonight. we couldn't it's have okay. prepared. We picked this kitchen table talk five minutes before we recorded. Uh, you, you did, because I was just unable to can. This That's why this is what it is. My top five. The Temptations. Oh. oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe I didn't say the five heartbeats because I got nothing but love <laughs> for you, baby. But yes, The Temptations, because ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. Ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. David Ruffin and The Temptations. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds nice. So <laughs> it is one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, absolutely. Blue. Oh, <laughs> I get a little weepy every time. time. Blue went in there to get them ribs and just never came came back back. again. He's like, I'm Mm -hmm. going to go the long way. I, that is, I don't, I have never pinned anything in my life on Instagram. But one day I sat and watched that Temptations movie and just made stories and had myself a wang dang doodle. Oh my god! And that is the only pinned thing that I have on Instagram. So the temptations lean on me. Face, face side. By that, when them white when they when they stop the white boys to sing it. <laughs> to help increase the pain. Ooh, Lord. Diana. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you smoke crack, Uh-oh. don't you? <laughs> you smoke crack, don't you? Jump. Jump. I don't want to jump. It's a fuck. <laughs> that is literally one of the best movies of all time and one of my favorite movies. All right. Argue your mother. So lean on me, temptations. Um, mm-hmm. let me see here. Brooklyn. <gasps> Brooklyn. Queenie. Queenie. Not my baby. Jody, Jody, move out of the way, whatever your name is. <laughs> when Queenie flew out that cat. Oh my God. I rewound that thing on a VCR. Nothing about me. I mean, times. It's been 25 years and I still laugh like I have never seen it before. <laughs> she said, Jesus, master, my child. <laughs> no, oh, Jesus. Not my not queen. Not my her queen. baby. Her queen. <laughs> What a man. Shout out to my nigga Chris. He played uh, one of the siblings with the broken arm. <laughs> Aww, that was one. I ate three peas. That is my movie. <laughs> okay, so Crooklyn, Lean on Me, The Temptations. Let's see, what else we got? Um, <sighs> Fried Green Tomatoes. <laughs> okay, I'll give it to you. I, lo- I let you have I it. I love that movie. I let you so have much. It. I love fried green tomatoes. Tawanda. <laughs> <laughs> and let me see what else we got. I have so many. Hmm. What's the last one? Cameron's killer season. Uh. Are you serious? <laughs> oh my word! Masterpiece. I'm about it. <laughs> That's where my meat and potatoes <laughs> come to my nose. 
Why do I know that? I'm because, kind of ashamed. I mean, that, this is it. This solidifies and shows you one of the reasons why Key and I are friends behind the scenes. <laughs> okay, your turn. Okay, top five. All right. Okay. Um, let's do television shows. Okay. Damn. Top five television shows. Uh, go forth and be great. The Boondocks. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites of all time. Um, Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my brother used to make sound fell noises in the middle of the night. When we had bunk beds, like, what? What kind of foolishness? Seinfeld, the boondocks. Damn, this is, um. let me see. Oh, this is hard. Ooh. Ooh. You sound like Sandra Clark. Two to seven. Let's go ahead and throw that in there. Um, Golden Girls. Oh, damn it. And You're taking mine. And mm, mm, Living Single. I mean, if you got some of the same ones, it's fine. Well, mine. Me and my coach have arrived. (laughs) (laughs) Um, my favorite, my favorite show of all times. Everybody knows is a different world because I, I just I watch that show right now and still laugh like it's nineteen ninety two. Same. Um, because Whitley is listen. Jasmine Guy is a comedic genius. I don't care. What anybody says ever, nope. especially Jasmine Guy and Debbie Allen together, gold. Oh my okay? god! Oh my gold. god! Just the way that she said things. I was watching the episode. It was some season six, and Whitley was sad, and she went to the the club with Kim and Freddie, and Spencer was trying to bag Kim, so he sent them some rum punch, mm-hmm. right? And they were sitting at the bar and then he came over and was like, did you ladies enjoy your drinks? And Willie was like, yes, we did. Thank you ever so. (laughs) (laughs) She said ever so and I lost it. (laughs) Thank you ever so. I said, what? (laughs) What is wrong with you? Outside of season one, a different world is. Outside of season one. It's really so so good like when when um my favorite episode ever i think is when Dwayne had to write the poem and he wrote it about math and whitley thought he was writing it about her <laughs> so there was a line in the poem <laughs> he was like he said uh that, that was his it was her elliptical lips right so he was reading the poem and he got to that line and he said elliptical lips and whitley said elliptical lips it's alliteration it's wonderful <laughs> Wonderful. It's elliptical. That's alliteration. It's wonderful work. (laughs) Oh, God. I can literally watch that show for hours and hours. I'm about to watch it after we finish recording, to be honest. Um, So, A Different World is my number one. 
Okay. Top show of, of all times. Follow closely thereafter. And listen, I don't want you to read your email so you can just save it. <laughs> the Cosby show. Oh, I mean, listen, you didn't say the nigger. You said the Cosby I show. I didn't. It is the Cosby show. I'm talking about the Huxtables, the Huxtables. that lived on Stigwood Avenue at Bedford-Stuyvesant, Brooklyn. I'm talking about them. Yes. There were uh, several other cast members. Absolutely. And so I don't want to hear it. And I'm, I just, it's just, I just said what I said. So just let me say it. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, then it would have to be like the Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, um, we cannot do anything without uh, Sophia, Rose Blanche, um, and Dorothy. Um, and okay. So that's three. Which Golden um, Girl are you? I think I'm a, a health. I I I am. I'm Dorothy. Okay, I can see it. I'm Dorothy because Dorothy's shade is unmatched. You are Dorothy with with a with a smidge of Blanche, just a smidge, just a smidge, right? Yeah. Because I'm not out here like Dorothy couldn't buy a date, and we all know. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> just kidding. Just <laughs> Negative self talk. It's like Dorothy. Dorothy. I'm Dorothy, but we're just a splash of bad bitch. Yes, just a exactly. Smidgen. Just a smidge. Okay, I'm like you are. You are clear. You're Sophia. True, true and true. <laughs> <laughs> you are Sophia. I take pressure. it. I I agree with it. <laughs> I stand with it. <laughs> because Jay always got something to say, and she's always holding her purse. Yeah, all the time. Okay, with a surly face. <laughs> Absolutely. I look angry Absolutely. 95% of the time. I'm either <laughs> smiling like a Cheshire cat or I'm, I look like a bitch. <laughs> so good. So good. Okay. So the Golden Girls, that's three. Living Single is probably on my list as of well. Of course. And I feel like I got to say like, um, what's the show that I have to watch all the time? Iyama Fix Me. <laughs> I don't know if that's a top five, but it's the show that just came. Okay. Uh, well, okay. Well, sure. Let's give it to Rhonda. Okay. Let's give it to Rhonda. Rhonda. Let's give it to Rhonda. I'm on a horse. Absolutely. I'm going oh riding. Gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, indeed. Okay. Your turn. Okay. Let me see. We said movies, TV shows, top five songs. Oof, girl. <laughs> this is just unfair. <laughs> I, they don't. Can you at least give me a genre? Like I cannot just no. like generally speaking. Yep. You have to give me some parameters. This Why? This makes it easier for you if you can go all over the place. No, because I then I only have five. Yeah. So name. F- okay. They don't have to be your top five, but name five of your favorite songs of all time. Of oh, all time. Word. Get money. <laughs> Get money. Okay. By uh Biggie Smalls. That's num okay, that that's that's just this is in no particular order because I am under a great stress in this moment. Um, um I have nothing by Whitney Elizabeth mm. Houston. Mm. Um mm. Stuttering by Jasmine Sullivan. Okay. Um um, don't play that song for me by Aretha Louise Franklin. Ooh, whole name status. <laughs> <laughs> and and this is not 
the last one, but this is just the five songs that came to mind the quickest. I will have to say, um, man, I, I know the artist, but I'm trying to pick one song by this artist and that's like low key impossible. Here and Now by Luther. No, no, no. I take that back. So Amazing by Luther Ronzoni Vandross. Mm, okay. So amazing to be yes. loved. Absolutely. You to the moon Absolutely. And, and I feel like a heathen because I did not mention a gospel song. But y'all know that I love Jesus first. Okay. Man, just because you don't mention gospel don't mean you don't love Jesus. I know, but I just I don't even know. listen to gospel music. So nah. okay. I won't be judged for it. <laughs> Maybe by you niggas, but uh, <laughs> top five songs. Yes, this is hard, but some of my favorite songs of all time, if I may only list five. Joy Inside My Tears and Rocket Love by Stevelyn Hardaway Morris. Those are two songs. They are two songs. Okay. But there's two, two Stevie Wonder songs on there. Okay. The Star of a Story by Heatwave. <laughs> We are so old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Men out here. <laughs> um, oh man, I should I didn't say no, I need a baker, neither Jesus. That's a, so hard. Because you can only list five. Oh God. All day, all night by Bob Marley and the Whalers. The Whalers. The Whalers. Um Oh, this song just makes me happy. Okay. Um, Titi. <laughs> <laughs> um, Strawberry Letter 23 by the Brothers Johnson. <laughs> Are we like 49? What the hell? And lastly, Come Live With Me Angel by Marvin Gaye. Oh, gosh. And welcome to 1977. <laughs> Diamond in the back. Listen, this morning I was driving out here to the woods and somebody else's guy came on my, on my yes. uh, shuffle. <laughs> and when I tell you I was in a mean rocking sleigh <laughs> in the car. I know you were. I mean, you would think that I, I was in full performance and I was singing along because if you do not know, Ladies and gents, I'm going I'm to pull it up here because I know it should be on my watch because I was just um, listening to That's it. That's an Apple Watch? Honey. Yeah. With a gold ba- uh, band? It's from Amazon. Oh. I got a band. <laughs> yes, girl, get your life. Oh. Somebody else's guy by Jocelyn Brown. Let me tell y'all <laughs> something. If you like, I'm going to make a playlist one day. That features uh, churchy songs that are about whole shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that would be a really good kitchen table talk, actually. I think that there are so many R&B songs that are so very churchy that have church chords mm-hmm. and really just kind of embody mm-hmm. church culture. But J- Jocelyn was singing about um, another woman's man. Yes. With all of the soul and anointing. Yeah. Listen. <clears throat> And I was like, yo, this is this right here is a song, ladies and gentlemen. 
Hello, Barbara. This is Shirley. If that don't sound like a I church mother think. to a church mother. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just totally a thing. So like, listen, I just love it. I'm, and that would make my, if I had to make another list, that would be on it. But yeah, top five songs. Okay. I'm ready for your next top five. No, it's your, it's your turn. I it's said songs. T- it's my turn. Yep. I said so... all five. No, it's your turn to come up with a category. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. Oh, yeah. I'm ready to give you your. Category. Oh, yes. OK. OK. Gotcha. What are your top five favorite things about being a black girl? Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Well, I naturally know flavor very well. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate I that gift. I have been gifted. I've been gifted with the capacity to season my food. That's it. My God, with a with a very I've been I've been uh, gifted with taste buds that can handle spice and flavor, and I know what things are missing and what you know what needs to be added. It's just it's a wonderful thing about being a black girl, and I greatly appreciate. I grew it. up. I grew up in a home where um, seasoned food was priority. Yes. I realized later in life that that was not a thing for everyone. That's something that I took for granted. Yeah. I've taken for granted for most of my mm-hmm. life and not, not anymore. No, never again. I, now, I fully acknowledge, fully acknowledge that that's a blessing. But I'm interrupting you. Please continue. Favorite thing, top five favorite things about being a black girl. I also um, appreciate that I have the, uh, the protection of my ancestors because... <laughs> Because I have real ancestors who are not here for you all's bullshit and they are looking after me and I greatly appreciate it. And I really like those are my ancestors. (laughs) Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Oh, other top five favorite things about being a black girl. You know, I still get carded. Yeah. Yeah. I got carded at Olive Garden last week. Mm hmm. I mean, that man thought that I was under 21. I, and I said, I'm going to show you my identification and then I'm going to shake your hand, sir. Thank the you. joy, the joy <laughs> that I get, like, from being carded. And I just Everybody at that. the table fell out laughing. Everybody. He's like, can I see your ID? And I was like, me? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was like, you absolutely can see my ID. You want to see it right now? You can see it twice. How long you want to look at it? Yep, yeah, sir. Just take a, just, just take a look. It's in a book. This is you. Just, you just gave me my reading rainbow. Like right now, you just absolutely. made me so happy by taking this card. Let's see. What else is so one of good. my favorite things about being a black girl? Being around other black girls. Mm. I love the diaspora of us. I love how we come in so many different shapes and sizes and colors and personalities and strengths and how, you know, we can lean on one another and we help to complete one another and we teach one another and we learn from one another. And we just we there's just a community there that I feel like is unmatched. And that's one of my very favorite things about being a black girl, Um, a black woman. And then um, another favorite thing is being a black woman to raising a a, a black girl. That's one of my favorite things because all of the. That's not one of my favorite things. (laughs) All of the sauce that we embody, 
all of the traditions that, you know, were taught by, you know, our older ones, um, just all of the natural magic that we have in all its capacities, our intelligence, our wit, our our rhythm, our sauce, our flavor, like all of those things. I love the fact that I'm going to get to ex- exhibit that to my daughter and pass that down to her and make her proud to be a black girl. Absolutely. So those are was some. Five things? I think so. Let's just say it was. <laughs> I think it was five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I love um, the fact that I have such a rich heritage of Black women to look up to and aspire to be like. Um, there's just so much dopeness about being a Black woman, and I, I have so many models of what. Mm. Of how to of how to be myself and be amazing, um, you know. And I think that that's one of my favorite things. I think that we have a lot of different uh, healthy people we can look to for inspiration. Yes. Um, I love that um, black women have this kind of natural innate capacity to encourage one another. Mm. There's like a secret code language. We've talked about it on the show before. We just have a way of um, doing it. And when we choose to do it, it is so powerful and so beautiful the way that literally walking down the street, um, you know, going in, into the, the mall or the store or anywhere else. If you see a black woman and you compliment her and you mean it, you can you can really see how how it's, it's done something for her. Mm-hmm. Um and we have an ability to make anybody feel good about anything. Mm. Okay, yes. sis, I see yes. you. Like, you like, we know. <laughs> okay, you doing it. I see you. I see in you. The with your blue skirt on. Okay. Like, we just, okay. Um, so I love that. Um, and I think that I love the fact that um, we have always been trendsetters and, um, innovators especially when it comes to like beauty mm-hmm. I think we've been able to like we've just created so much and we've set standards that other people um well I'll just say that the industries and you know others have aspired to be like us yep <laughs> yes they have absolutely they continue to. Um, and t- right and to that effect this 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 is a shout out to Fran um <laughs> because I had wore some shorts the other day and I've made a boomy and friend was like, sis, let's celebrate your thighs. And I was like, oh my God, sis, Toya had to make me wear these shorts because I was so, I feel like my thighs are not where I want them to be. Chubby. I want them to be a little slim, blah, blah, blah. And she was just like, let me stop you right there. And she said something <laughs> that I was just like, this speaks to my previous point about how we just have the ability to support one another. Um, and affirm one another in ways that nobody else could. Fran was like, I want you to know, girl, that there are women who are risking life and limb. People are dying on surgery tables in in Dominican Republic Boop. trying to get thighs like you. <laughs> Me and my thighs have arrived. <laughs> she was like, girl, we waste so much time worried about things like like you know cellulite mm. and and you know we we're she said you're in a gym when you can be you're working out 
you doing what you living your life. Yep. Put your shorts on. You know what I'm saying? Live your but life. But also, it's hot outside. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So what I, that was the point that I was trying to make is that I feel like black women are shaped beautifully. Yep. And our bodies are something that that literally people are are out here spending thousands of dollars to attain. Mm-hmm. And we just wake up like this most of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. um, and I just I, I've, I've, I appreciate. Um, I don't know, I just appreciate the the brilliance that comes with being a black woman. And when I mean brilliance, I mean both in, in like the way that we look and the way that we, how we show up in spaces, but also with the wisdom that we carry in our mouths and, and, and the way that we formulate our words and the way that we do the work that we do and the way that we are the sauce. Right. So like people try to, my leak and others had um, posted a meme on an Instagram a couple of weeks ago that was like, sis, you can copy what I do and that's fine but you'll never have what I have because I am the sauce mm. I'm the sauce I'm, and that's why I don't even have no problem giving you the formula I can tell you how we do this because I'm not worried because I am the sauce and you can't have the sauce I'm me I bring me to this work and that's the part of this work that people love and I think that black women have a capacity to just kind of be in a space and do what we do but we do it in such a way that you know, people be out here trying to figure out how to do it and they just can't. Yo, it's funny you so say that. so saucy. Because that's literally what we tell Noah, like verbatim, when she, you know, sometimes she'll pull up YouTube videos with others and they're weird videos where she's watching like <laughs> Descendants characters battle rap and things like that. But, you know, we really try to push and encourage her. And it's not to say that, you know, you can't appreciate or watch anybody of another race, ethnicity or culture. But we're like, we want her to be proud to be a black girl. And we always tell her, we we want you to realize that you you got the sauce like you got it. You got what other people want. Like embrace your Absolutely. sauce. You have natural sauce. And it's not even natural. just because you can dance or whatever. It's the light. It's the electricity that comes from you. It's who mm-hmm. you are as a person. It's all the things that make you magical. You already, you have that. They, they ain't got that. You got that. So. True. You know, and this is also not, we don't, you know, don't be coming talking about all, oh, well, you know, this is us celebrating ourselves as black women because that's important. And this is a space is. where we celebrate ourselves as black women. It's not to tear anybody else down. So we're not speaking down on anybody else, but we are going to build ourselves up in this space and in, on this platform. So I just want that to be clear. You know, it's not to say that nobody else, you know, has any magic about themselves. But this is a platform where we get to celebrate us. And that's what we're going to do. You're welcome to join in as well. But we're going to continue to celebrate us here. And I think that's where we can end the kitchen table talk. I'm down. Four flats. That was the best top five I've ever been asked. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text or chat. 
988 for free confidential support anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. I want to talk um, today because I'm currently uh, navigating something in my life and I'm just trying to find um, some insight, some, some, I don't know, some perspective, some understanding around how to, how to negotiate this thing. So let me, um, I won't get into detail cause I don't know if I'm, I'm ready to share all that just yet, but, mm-hmm. um, I learned over the weekend that someone very close to me in my family a few years ago um, dealt with something um, a a very, you know, got a very serious medical diagnosis, had to have a major operation. Um, Thankfully, they were able to, you know, you know, get through it. you know, they're, they're now okay. And they're still, they're still here, thankfully. And there's weren't any major complications. And from what I understand the the issue has been addressed, but, um, you know, I, this, this happened, you know, close, like, you know, six or seven years ago. And I'm just now finding out that this person who was very close to me, um, was really ill and had a very serious surgery. Um, and, and I, I was, you know, that information was not shared with me. Um, when I asked why, I was told, you know, you were in school. You and your brother were in school. I didn't want to, you know, be a distraction. I didn't want you guys to worry, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And while I know that, you know, people people deal with, things the way that they deal with them and everyone has a right to kind of process really traumatic news and experiences in their own way and I don't feel like folks should be pressured to share before they're ready um to share but you know me being on this side of the secret um, and this is someone who I'm super close with. This is someone who, if something would have happened to them, it would have been a very serious thing for my life. I am I am figuring out how to um, be okay with that because I have to be honest that it was very hurtful to me to, to um, have something so serious be kept from me. And I understand that, you know, I know I was talking to Jay, you know, before we started recording, like, you know, when we younger, mm-hmm. our parents and, you know, people close to us, they tend to withhold information. And when they say, when they say why, it's always like, you know, I was trying to protect you. I didn't want, it's like they make an assessment about you and your capacity to handle information and they feel like it's better for you not to know. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, just thinking about like, you know, this is something that I'm triggered even thinking about now because when my brother died, nobody told me. Nobody would tell me. I knew something was wrong, but nobody would tell me what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like we should have a conversation around secrets and family secrets and what do we do because I'm, I'm at a loss, right? Because I feel like this is something that continues to happen within my family dynamic. 
And it is something that continues to hurt me. And while I want to be respectful of the members of my family who are, you know, living their lives and doing the best they can and exercising their boundaries, I feel like what does it mean to be in close proximity? I mean, such a such have such a level of like close relationship with someone. Um, and then, you know, withhold such um, serious information. And I don't know, is it my, it's like, do I have a right to be mad? Should I not be mad? Should I not feel away? All of that. I, I've dealt with similar things in my family in different veins. And having that conversation with you before and talking to some other people, I'm finding this is a very common thing <laughs> um, in many families, uh, especially many black families, many um Latino families, many, many, many families, non-white, I don't know what they deal with. Uh, but, um, you know, we've had, we've had things come up also not to just be putting everybody's business out there, but we've had things come up where I have found other family members and then asked family members about those family members and uh been lied to because my gut knows i know you know when somebody's lying mm-hmm. to you so you're like oh wait so i did not find this family member <laughs> um there's been instances where uh ones have been ill um and have not disclosed or shared that they have been for quite some time and it's really disturbing right you find out these things, you know, just from finding this information out very recently that when you learn of these things, it's hurtful mm. because all kinds of things run through our heads. Right. Like what if something fatal could have happened right. and I didn't even know I had no time to prepare with this person right. or, you know, what if I don't know, I could have had a relationship with this person. But, you know, they, these family members decided to bury the secret and pretend that they never existed. It's so many different scenarios of what could have happened or what might be had we known this information. And I think as of recently. And it's almost kind of not almost in the same, but in the same way that we think about with cancel culture, right? And we talked and we talked a little bit about it last week with our old ones, right? Cuz cancel culture doesn't necessarily always apply just to celebrities. Like this could be loved ones. You got cancel us some loved ones, right. right? But this is where we talked about that patience with older ones and how sometimes we got to come to the realization. We got to hold their feet to the fire, but then sometimes for your own peace, you have to come to the realization that these niggas are the way that they are. Mm. And they're they're not going to change. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, sometimes that's a hard pill for us to swallow. It's like we're in an information age. We want to know things. You know, we want to know ancestral things. We want to know. We're also at an age. I know you and I specifically where family members are getting sick. Friends are getting sick. One of my very best friends flew to tell me that she had breast cancer a few years back. And I was like, I I had to really sit there and reconcile, like, is this where we at right now? So just to bring myself some kind of peace, and I'm going to stop talking because I feel like I've been talking a lot. But I've kind of had to kind of 
reconcile recently that I can dig and I can ask questions, but if I'm not getting answers from certain people or they're not willing to share certain things, I kind of have to realize that that's, that's how they are Yeah, and come to some sort of peace. Yeah. That's real. That, you know, I, I think, you know, my, if I think about my nature, I'm a person who asks questions for a living. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the person, mm-hmm. and I, you and you should I'm, right. And I'm the person who you know is not just asking the question, but it's about you know designing like you know methods and tools to help us to get the answers that we need. Um, and so I'm very much driven by information. And when I don't feel like I have it or have all of it, it like you know um, makes me feel less safe. It makes me feel less in control. And those things uh, trigger me. So, um, you know, just kind of owning that, right? So, mm-hmm. I am, um, I am trying to reconcile in this in this instance, right? What it um, means for this person to withhold this information from me, and I'm really conscious, and it's very hard, right? It's very hard for me, but I'm consciously. Uh, working to see this situation from their perspective as best I can. Right. Um, right. And really trying to be open to, you know, the fact that it was their choice to make and this is the choice that they made. And even if it's hurtful to me, it was their right to make that choice. Um, yeah. But I'm just... It's the same thing with Chrissy yeah. Teigen. It's the same thing we said about her. Like, she has every right to process um, that loss the way that she does. And so, you know, as much as we want to... Like, we're like, it's I want to... It's really hard, like, though. You, you should have told <laughs> it's me. Really it's hard. hard. It's, it's really hard, hard, especially when it's somebody really yeah. close with you. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. It's very it's hard. hard. It's very hard. I mean, you know, the Chrissy Teigen situation is like, most of us don't know her personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know... Kinda. But think about people close to right. her who might have seen it on social media and been like, you didn't even like call yeah. me. You posted it on social media. Well, what if she didn't have the capacity? You it know, is, what if it was? Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's tough. Right. And I just want and it gives me. It just I should just say it makes me more mindful of of my own decision making about the things that I choose to share and or withhold That's from it. other people. Yes. Um I think in this in this situation though it makes what what it kind of makes it more most challenging for me is that I know if I, if the shoe was on the other foot and if I was the one that was sick and and didn't tell this other person that they would never ever have let me live it down. So the double standard of it is what's kind of driving my frustration right now. But I know that that at the end of the day is very petty. Um, while I, while I, I mean, I cannot say enough how grateful I am that at the end of the mm-hmm. day, my family member is fine. And it was something that was really hard um, to, to, to deal with at that time. But here we are six or seven years on the other side of it. And, you know, God has been faithful and everybody's good. But it did sting, you know, like the realization, the realization that this whole thing happened 
and I didn't have any knowledge of it was like very mm-hmm. real. And I didn't, I didn't expect it to hurt my feelings the way that it did. And now I'm, right. now I'm trying to process those feelings. Right. And not be mad. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm there yet. Cause I'm still kind of like, <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. it's hard. Right. So like, how do we, I don't know. I just, I don't, like I said, I didn't really have a formulated discussion topic i I don't have i don't have an answer (laughs) but at the end of the day i just feel like we do need to spend some time having some conversations about secrets how dangerous they are um and i'm awful respecting people's boundaries and i acknowledge that folks have a right to share things in their own time but how do we negotiate Mm -hmm. withholding information that puts others at risk how do we how do we negotiate that in our relationships is that a conversation that needs to be had? Do you feel like, you know what I'm saying? Especially if you partner with somebody, like I'm thinking of somebody I'm dating, somebody I'm in a relationship with, is it my right to say, I would prefer you tell me I don't like secrets. Mm -hmm. And even if I do share that, you know, if it's still something that they don't want to do, I guess, do they have to, I don't know. It's just a lot to think about. It is. And it's, and, and I think everybody's feelings in these situations are valid, right? Your, your feelings are very valid our you know our feelings about how we feel about different things that we that we find out are valid like my feelings are hurt that I did not know this Mm -hmm. but then also the person who chose not to disclose whatever the bit of information is their feelings are valid because they're like I chose not to disclose you know because of a b c d or e so it's it it just family dynamics get so complicated and loved one dynamics get so complicated and it's okay for you to feel the way that you feel um, and to even process and like really sit and figure out how how this affects you. And I think I think you really said it when we have experiences like this, it can get really, really, really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Right. It can get super frustrating because we don't know. We're like, oh, what do I do? What I don't know what to do with right now. Yep. And. We, we can take those experiences. I think sometimes the doing may not be so obvious. The doing may be us learning these things so that we know how to break these cycles and move differently going forward. You Absolutely. know, so that our, our, our generations after us don't have to seek out uh, information um, you know, or search for why certain things are the way that they are within their family dynamics because we've been able to start being more open and honest. Or even, you know, when we deal, you know, certain ones that deal with illness, maybe going forward, if we deal with something like that in the future, we know I don't want my loved ones to feel this right. way. So, you know, I would like to move differently with that. And maybe that's the Maybe doing. that's the lesson right there. Maybe. Because yeah. I can't do nothing so, about this, right? It's done. Nah, no, right. it's done. It's over yeah. with now. You know, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I would love to hear if folks have thoughts. I don't have the answers. If you yes. have answers, if you have insights, if there are lessons that you have learned in dealing with, you know, family secrets, um, or if there if there are ways that you would want us to kind of think about this conversation and extend it into the future, um, be sure mm-hmm. to let us know um, secrets. In relationships, what is what is that all all about, right? Because I mean, every relationship has its has its um, has its fair share, I guess you can say, of secrets. Mm-hmm. It just 
it does kind of come up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's secrets that y'all, you know, have together and share together or a secret, you know, those kinds of individuals having their own secrets and negotiating how to navigate that in, in your relationship. So let's let's see if we can think about ways to continue this conversation about secrets um, and figuring out how we can. I don't know. <laughs> continue, continue <laughs> to love our loved ones. <laughs> And be there for our loved ones and support our loved ones. And I mean, have the hard conversations that need to be had. That's it. Breaking those cycles of of mums the word. Like I don't know why that's such a thing. It seems that that's a thing. Like I want to I want to challenge that in my family. Like why do y'all feel like? Oh, I know exactly. You know what exactly what it is. It's it it is a component um, and a product of white supremacy because black people came from a place where we had to act a certain way. And then I know people like, don't, why you always got to bring it back to slavery? Because nigga, that's what the fuck it is. And so black people had to act a certain way, which is why there's terms and things like, oh, you wanted a good ones or, you know, shit like that. So we had to act a certain way, which then we start putting those expectations on each other. And so we don't want to put family business out there that could be perceived as negative um, or be perceived as this or that. So we held a lot of stuff within our families and to ourselves so that we always have that image of whatever. And that is now where we have to break those cycles of that. You put your shit on the table so you can deal with it. Because another another issue that we've had from that is that we don't know how to properly deal with we stuff and we're figuring things. out how yeah, to do we that don't now, talk about right? Especially in my family, and that's something that I don't really know how to broach. <laughs> I don't know how to how to go about that because it's so like etched into who we are. It's so deep, mm-hmm. so deep. Um, we don't really talk about we don't talk about things. We don't share things, and I don't know why why we've like allowed this whole s- silence is strength lie to kind of like I feel like everyone feels like because they don't have to talk about things or they choose not to talk about things that that means that they have dealt with them that they are stronger and better for it. When I actually feel like the opposite is happening. So, yeah, no. Nah, sometimes eating people up inside. I just wish that we can kind of get past that and stop skirting things under the rug and acting like things never happen Agreed. and not saying things for fear that so-and-so can't handle it i'm just like you know i don't know maybe the kid that you knew couldn't handle it but the kid that has been taking care of herself for this long the kid that has faced really difficult things um and you know by god's grace found a way to survive can handle more than you think if you would just open your eyes to the fact that the kid that you knew is evolving and you can continue to get to know her as she evolves if you would stop putting the lid on all the conversations that you don't think i'm ready for and also we have to remember you parents have to ask themselves do you do this because you're not ready to have them conversations It's not even just like I think it's easy to use kids as a scapegoat and say, oh, well, they can't handle this information right now. Sometimes it's them who can't handle answering the questions and sitting in the hot seat. They don't want to revisit certain things. And that is a product of you obviously needing some therapy or needing to figure out some way to work out whatever traumas and triggers and things you got going on internally. But so many of us have not been taught to do that early on and so it's trickling down through our generations and I think it's 
It's us who is really trying to break those. They're really trying to break those curses. So I encourage if you're finding out family secrets, if you're finding out certain things, I encourage you to ask questions. I do. I know when I tell you, like, I I had a family member. I found out they're another family member. But I had a family member recently as I'm sitting here asking all these questions and really digging into some ancestral research. They're like, what, 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 she's, she ain't up to no good. She ain't up to no good. <laughs> Well, really, I'm up to no good trying to find out things from 1936. What the fuck do you think I'm getting ready to do with that? But, <laughs> you know, so I encourage you to still ask questions. And if then people stop answering the questions, dig into it. But don't drive yourself so crazy that you have no peace because you can't control how other people move. And it it's a hard thing. But I think we should take those lessons with us so that we can start navigating differently and changing the course of how that goes with our with our ancestral lineage for sure this is popping right now like so we told y'all we weren't doing a shout out but we kind of lied but we kind of told the truth because our shout out is essentially a real life introduction to our kitchen table talk guest um scholar activist doctress <laughs> doctress uh, <laughs> professional black girl professional she black girl is the one and only dr yaba blay um we are going to discuss many many things uh her her she's an academic whose work centers on um identity blackness colorism um white supremacy uh mm-hmm. she's you know been she's been contributing to a lot of the I don't know. I don't even want to do all of that. Either way, she's recently released, re-releasing her her book entitled One Drop, which is a yes. deep dive into uh, the concept of blackness in a really complex and comprehensive way that kind of battles some of the smaller, stereotypical, limited perceptions that we have of blackness. She's de- she defines it and operationalizes it. Um, in ways that I think are really useful conversation starters for how we think mm-hmm. about race and racism and what it means to be black, black women in America these days. It was just, we just were grateful to have an awesome conversation with Yaba. We talked to her about who she is and how that informs her work. And she shares all of these wonderful gems. I hope mm-hmm. that you guys enjoy the kitchen table talk because it's going to be it's going to be great. It's going to be, I mean, it got me all the way together. <laughs> Facts. Facts. It did. Same. So you all enjoy our Kitchen Table Talk. All right, let's do it. Ooh, welcome hey back guys. to the Kitchen Table, where I am so beyond excited to introduce our guest sure. that we have this week. I'm not going to go into the whole biography because that's literally what's going to happen on every every podcast Just you listen to her with every interview. They're going to say scholar. <laughs> so yes, no, indeed. Dr. Yaba Blay. Okay, that's all she needs Drop right the there, mic. right there. Dr. Yaba, thank you of so course, much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Happy to be at the table. Yes, welcome. The kitchen table is, you know, where we sit down, commiserate about, you know, all things black and woman. As we figure out, you know, how the hell to be both in in this crazy world that we find ourselves yeah. navigating. Um, we're just happy to have you here because I think that you and your work represents 
um, the values of the community that we try to build on getting grown. It's just a space for us to kind of collectively process all of the challenges of uh, being real live adults in spaces that don't acknowledge or prioritize our lived experience or the contributions that we make in our respective places in society. And so we're excited to have you here. So if you could just introduce yourself to folks who don't know who Yapa Blay is and feel feel free to just kind of, you know, don't 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 be limited. Like, you know, if you want to tell us what's your favorite bubblegum flavor or, you know, uh, yeah. you know, when, what yeah. night of the week you do your co-wash, like feel free to just let us know right, right. all yeah. the moving parts that represent uh, Dr. Yapa Blay. Sure. So that, that, you know, depends on the day that you catch me <laughs> to answer to that question. So on today, yes, on today. what I'll share uh, with you is that my name is Yaba, also known as Dr. Blay. I am first generation Ghanaian, born in America. Yaba means born on Thursday, the best day of the week, yes. the day on which most wars were started, at least the strategy and the, and the scheming and such. So I embody a lot of that. Okay. energy and blay means black so oh, i love it i like to i love it more to do this work you were named for this <laughs> it's, it's okay it's in my name and so sometimes i say that i am too black for my own good <laughs> but uh i feel like i'm black enough for the good of all of us so you know i'm i'm it's something special and interesting about having that first generation experience, you know, being in between and the best of both worlds, at least in my opinion. But I've always been on a journey to figure out who I am. I'm still on that journey to figure out who I am. And I, I know firsthand that that's not, a, you know, an individual solo project that I, I learn a lot about myself in interaction with other folks. So, you know. Regular black girl, for those who can't see me, I'm dark skinned. I got kinky hair. They say it's 4C. It's probably 16F. Um, I don't mean you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's interesting. On the one hand, like stuff like that, you know, it's beautiful. It's a scale for us. I, ultimately, I think it's, it's about us, you know, learning about our uh, differentiation from the norm. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, one time I saw a visual representation of the all the hair types <laughs> and it's no, there's a picture that has um, like faces. And so it's like one oh, wow. A is your white girl with straight hair juxtaposed to 4C with your dark skinned sister with kinky hair. And so once I saw the imagery, I was like, mm -hmm. as much as we try, we still we still we still like committed to dare I say white supremacy. Right. You should also know white supremacy as fuck. Y'all curse. Oh, Y for curse. sure. Very frequently. OK, OK. So, <laughs> you know, I just had to, I had to check, you know, but for for as as fucked up uh -huh. as white supremacy is, it's a term that I'm committed to saying over and over Absolutely. and over again because it makes people uncomfortable. Um, and I know that you have to get uncomfortable to face, you know, some real shit. And so, like, as much as we're committed to, like, providing space for ourselves to grow and affirm, there's so many ways, right, that we're still committed to white supremacy. And that scale is one of them. So that's why when folks are like, what's your hair type? I'm like, it's my hair. It's the kind it's that mine. grows out my scalp. You know, 
that's that's it that's it right there there's nothing it's mine. about it it just this is it just like hers grows right. out of hers yeah. like grows out of mine. but let me yeah. not speak too much about that um okay yaba i want to start off by asking you a very wow. important question Tell us you are from New Orleans without telling us you are from it's New Orleans. It's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I started drinking when I was 13. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> I like liquor. I like brown liquor. I like, you know, there's no time frame for liquor. If it's the morning where I feel like having a little something, I will. If it's late at night to go to bed, you know, I will. I love seafood. I suck the heads off a of crawfish. There you go. Uh, the only way to eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, after I like, heart. you know, I like spice. I like a nice bounce to my music. I can't keep still. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Music is my heartbeat in a lot of ways. I can't imagine a world without music. Uh, I cuss. Um, I like to identify people by their accents, you know, um, I appreciate accents. I think that we should, you know, as much as many of us need to code switch, it's still like a stamp of who we are and how we speak. For sure. Um, yeah. Do you watch Queen Sugar? Do I watch? Queen Sugar. Oh, I have watched Queen Sugar. I'm not up to date. I just always like to ask people who are from Louisiana whether or not it's like an accurate depiction. So far, everyone says that it's pretty, you know, I mean, I get mixed reviews like, you know, some of it. I'm not from I'm not from Louisiana. I'm from New Orleans. Oh, period. You know, it's the same way. You know, I've been in Philly for 20 years and it's the same way. I'm from, you know, I live in Philly, not Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Like there are these spaces, you know, New Orleans is its own country Mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned and so it's connected to Louisiana and so when I've watched Queen Sugar I'm assuming that is accurate for you know that area I guess I would call rural Mm -hmm. you know northern uh north of New Orleans perhaps Louisiana I don't know too much about that country life um but yeah I'm I'm sure it's not too far off I will say when Treme came out how many years ago I watched like half of the first episode turned it off and never watched it again this is not it it's not it so no on Treme what part of New Orleans are you from? I am from uptown New Orleans you know um What's that, 7-4? 3rd, 3rd Ward. Um, but see, what had happened was um, my parents, being the Ghanaians that they are, like so many other, um, you know, you people get to middle class and they believe that they have to live somewhere else as a point of demarcation. Mm. And so <laughs> my family moved to the suburbs. Wow. Uh, Where'd you go to the West uh, We moved to Kenner, Louisiana, which is... Oh, Canada. You know, by the airports and (laughs) such. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, it's interesting, (laughs) off subject, but likely connected. You know, when we talk about blackness and our lived experiences of blackness, um, again, it's just one of those things I like to sit back and watch us and how we do. And so I know a lot of folks that are real committed to blackness and liberation in theory and in words. But then when we look at how Mm -hmm. we live and and what it is that we provide our children or not, that we still communicate without saying so that, you know, it's not safe to live yeah, around your people. For sure. You know what I mean? Or or it's better for you to go to a school where you can count how many people 
look like you. And again, no judgment because I get it. Parenting is a hard job and no one necessarily teaches us how to do it. And so you want good for your kids. You want better for your kids. But a lot of white spaces are violent. Most. You know, whether whether Most. whether we live in them or we're educated in them, you know, and even in that 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 delusion of safety, we don't recognize how violent it is for our children to have certain experiences. And I say that to say, you know, moving to Kenner, um, I still went to my same school uptown, but like being in a neighborhood where, I, you know, our block, our, our block, you know, um, maybe three or four black families. So, of course, we all played together. Mm-hmm. But like there's a picture of me uh, cheerleading at like the local um, you know, public recreation center. And I'm the only black girl in that picture. And I don't remember it. I'm like, did I block it out? I don't remember cheerleading, you know, so to be the only one to be able to count how many, you know, we continue to have that, you know, as we grow up, whether it's work, school, whatever. I just always point that out because I don't know that we think critically enough about it. It's almost like we teach our kids to eat mm-hmm. it because it's it's for the better good, you know, somewhere down the line. And it's like, that that eating it has costs. No, you have to. I was talking to a homegirl of mine. Um, they moved upstate, and we live in Flatbush. Um, my husband's Trini. My daughter is she. She 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 got all the black. <laughs> she got all the black of many cultures. She Brooklyn black, very Brooklyn black. Um, and I was asking her, you know, because we're gonna have to expand, right? You're you, we're gonna have to expand. We need some more space. We're going to have to leave the city eventually. And I said, I need to know about, uh, and my homegirl's white, but her husband's black, her child is black. So I was like, all of this is is nice, but I need to understand what the diversity looks like in this school. I was like, because I, I will not have my child being one of one, one, one black child in the class, one of five black children in the class, I'm not putting that emotional trauma on her. Because that's, exactly that's what that's creating. And that's something that so many of us experience mm-hmm. in so many different ways. I think about it, um, you know, we talk about, you know, white supremacy as a system, as an ethos, right, in all of the many ways that it, it's, it manifests itself, um, is it, that isolation and... I think a product of that um, sometimes I think we think about it, it kind of leads to people thinking of blackness, black people and white people thinking of blackness in really ways that are really oversimplified. Um, we, we like sure. we don't really have converse, conversations that capture the complexity and richness that is blackness. And I think that that's such a that's a major theme in a lot of the work that you've done um, and a lot um, even <clears throat> the book that the one drop book. Um, the one that was released in 2013 and then the one that was just released. I've, I've heard you talk about you wanted to use that book to start conversations about race that capture that that complexity. And, you know, talk a little bit about what what that means for the times that we're currently navigating. Right. And how important how important that is. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that today, um, particularly connected to all of the aha moments mm. that the world is having post uh, mm. Meghan Markle. Because you know Oprah I was going Winfrey, there. I'm so glad uh, you went. Interview. <laughs> and, you know, I try very deliberately not to be judgmental because what I recognize is that I'm privileged in that I've mm-hmm. been trained and I have trained myself and I have studied and I have read and I continue 
to have a particular focus. But had I not had that and had I depended upon my K through 12 education as my only knowledge base and perhaps even college, you know, most folks, when you go to college, if, you know, Africana studies is an elective, you know, uh, uh, conversations about race is an elective. You're not required to do so in order to graduate. And so the large majority of us don't have conversations about race in general, but we absolutely don't don't know about race. And so I always like not always, but often think about like how people take race as a fact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it is just a matter of existence. Mm -hmm without knowing that race was created. Mm -hmm. Construction. And it was created for a reason. And that reason was to oppress Mm -hmm. and to distance whiteness from all folks who, it was a consolidate, it's it's the ultimate Jedi mantra. Mm -hmm. You know, to consolidate power with a group of people who were not in power, you know? And so Mm -hmm. the book is really about putting that out there. So on the one hand, like when I look at the introduction and, and, and I wrote about a particular, you know, a history of race to some degree, not exhaustive, but just to say like, this is what whiteness was. This is how the one drop rule even came to be and why. When I look at that, it, it, it reads simple in some ways, given all the things that I've been exposed to, but also recognizing how many people have never, ever, ever, ever yeah. read about it, let alone considered mm-hmm. it. Because again, we take race to be a fact you know um so for me it's about opening up that conversation a you know to open people's consciousness to know that this is something that was i mean i'm not a historian but i'm absolutely um thankful for history for written histories right whether they were written from a problematic perspective or Mm -hmm. not like they it gives us a lens and a comparison point um that we can't move beyond we can't, you know, so it's 2021, yes. But if we're going to talk about it, we got to go to the yeah. source for you to even understand the implications of it in this moment. So in the context, for example, of the Meghan Markle interview, yeah. um, I was with my mother, who's 78 years old, Ghanaian, traditional woman, and we sitting there watching it. And there's this moment where Megan says to Oprah that um, there were questions about what her child was going to like, the skin mm-hmm. tone, how dark, mm-hmm. not how light, how dark. how dark her child was going to be. And you're sitting there and you're looking at a woman who is a very close proximity to whiteness and some people's untrained eyes, she might even pass for, for white, her. right? And so my, Oprah's like, what? <laughs> and my mother is also like, What? <laughs> And I looked at my mom, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to be judgmental, but I'm like, mom, <laughs> who was Ghana colonized by, sis? Right. Like, how soon we forget who the colonizers were. Like, we're all in awe of the crown and the royalty, mm-hmm. and we all watched the wedding, and it's all fairy tale and all good. But these are the people right. who colonized a large majority of our people. Like, this is embedded right. in that crown. So what? Why are we surprised? We're surprised because we don't have to think critically Mm -hmm. about that history. Like, this is who they are. Of course. Of course. Like, to the extent that it is that important that they say out their mouth, whatever should be your child's rightful place won't be. Won't be. be, Right. And again, because us folk, knowing what we know, Megan's mother let us know who she is and what's possible. Mm -hmm. 
for her child. So yes, she might sit before you looking a particular way, but you know that our stuff look like how it look when it feels exactly. like it. So that baby that, shows up when it wants to. That baby, <laughs> that baby could have very well came black out me. looking yeah. just like you me. know, and blacker than blacker than his mother. And they couldn't have that. But the thing is, you know, for all the critical conversations we can have about it at the end of the day, top of the morning, I am proud of Harry. Me too. For leaving. Me too. Like that's not no lightweight nothing. And most of us in that position, right? Would we have had the the strength, the fortitude, the know-how even to even consider that a possibility? Like he talked about his brother and his father being stuck, yeah. being captive to that system. Yeah. And so have so many people before him. And Harry's like, no, nah, y'all not going to get me. Mm-hmm. Y'all not going to do to my wife what you did to my mother. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Like that's huge. Very. You know, so Harry, Harry's all right. All right by me. Harry's all right, but I, 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 I have a very problematic, I call it a, well, by one of my favorite drag queens, something controversial <laughs> yet brave to say. So uh, I didn't believe white people to have ancestors. That's not, that's not, that's, okay. that's my own, I know, and I know that's okay. not factual. Um, Harry made me believe that white people have ancestors. Now I say, your mother is there with you. She's looking after you. She's well, making she pushing sure you. Good. Harry's like, I'm not about that life, y'all. I, I'm. That's how I'm honoring my mother. You will not get me, and you won't get my wife. I love. I love that. I, I feel like it is it's an awesome example of the kind of radical change that is necessary, right? Because Harry was real. A lot. A lot of white people say that they're committed to inclusion and justice and all that, but they are not willing to take an L. Right. They don't want to be inconvenient. They don't want to be uncomfortable. It's like, I believe that everybody should get, you know, I'm all for equity, but I don't want to have to lose anything. But the fact that Harry was willing to leave some things on the table for what he believed in, I think it's an awesome demonstration of the kind of change and transformation that we absolutely need. Um, Because all this other stuff is just you know, smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I want to give him more credit. I might be projecting more onto him, but it sounded like and felt like it was more so than even like a willingness. Like Harry understood that he didn't have it. Was a compel, it was a compel. Like to me that, that, that's the, that, that says something to me about who he is. Yes. And for so many of us, we leave our integrity at the door for money, mm-hmm. <laughs> for fame, mm-hmm. you know, for exposure, for whatever it is. You know, whatever it is, like our integrity doesn't even come to the table, you know. So that's why I'm like, you are right with me, because, again, that's 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 huge. That's huge. I didn't watch the interview yet. Oh, girl, you're late. I don't care about spoilers. I'm not a spoiler. I wish you would have said something. I'm not one of them. (laughs) I don't give a shit. I'm like, what? what (laughs) No, girl. I've y'all. I've read all the spoilers on the internet. What did you do with your day? Because I I didn't watch it last night, but I had multiple (laughs) links. I tweeted last (laughs) night that I didn't watch it and woke up to multiple links in my DMs. Like, girl, get into it. What you waiting on? Uh, Hello. Hello. (laughs) I I kept saying I was gonna go. I'm gonna go to it. Don't worry. But I'm gonna go watch it. I have been I've been a little interested in it though because initially when all this when everything broke out, I didn't watch the royal mm-hmm. wedding. I yeah, wasn't interested, long. and I think there might be something in my own psychosis. Maybe there, I don't know if it's a. I'm not gonna call it a self hate. It's not a self hate, but I I get real leery when I see a lot of my fellows around because I'm like, <laughs> what are you getting ready to be up here acting like? I don't know what you about to be yeah. up here doing. 
And so I wasn't that interested initially in the whole story. And as it continued to develop, and I realized that the same narrative they put on many, many black women, no matter what position, job, wherever you are, I said, okay, I'm, I'm intrigued a little bit because I'd like to know what's going on. Then I saw her mother and I said, well, now I'm really intrigued. Right. This is what, this is what makes it such a, ma- like, it's such a powerful example because, again, why it was so important to me to also make this a visual yeah. book with portraiture yes. is because there is, we cannot take for granted the images that come into our individual minds when someone says mm-hmm. black, when someone says mixed race, when someone says white. Like, we need to see mm-hmm all the possibilities for that, for those words. So I don't know in terms of hearing out of her mouth how Megan herself identifies. I don't know the language if she uses mixed or biracial. I don't I don't know. I haven't heard that. I also haven't really kept up, right? So I don't know. But I know that there are a lot of moments where folks are allowed to forget mm-hmm. that her mama mm-hmm. was black, mm-hmm. you know, just by looking at her. You're allowed to forget. And so for her to spill the tea and let us know how the people was acting reminds us that race is so much more than what you look oh my like. god like the commitment and the investments right and in whatever it is you believe whiteness is whiteness was hyster- historically defined as pure we don't care what you look like rachel we've seen your mama mm-hmm. you're not pure yeah. you're not white you can wear the crown but you don't have access to this and we're going to remind you every chance that we get yeah. So when you talk about somebody being a racist or someone being a quote unquote victim of racism and your your mind goes to someone who looks like mm-hmm. me, you're missing out on so many other folks who are also experiencing racism. This is why everybody today is like trying to wrap their mind around it. And I'm like, welcome. Yes, welcome. welcome. Come sit with us. We've been here. Mm-hmm. Come sit. <laughs> this is what we talk. Okay, about. so this Ooh. is a weird segue, but I but stay with me. Do you watch Basketball Wives? Okay. I have watched Basketball Wives, but it's not something I keep. Up Are you with. aware of like what is going on? So I don't. What's going on currently in this season? They are having some. They're dealing with some conversation around colorism. One of the cast members. Mm. Uh, who is, I believe, I think she's Ghanaian American, I think. Um, She is accusing another castmate, Evelyn Lozada, of uh, being colorist based upon some things that Evelyn has said um, on social media and in person. And uh, I I believe, I was actually saying, I I had a, I was talking to a friend over the weekend um, after watching the latest episode of the of the show on demand and I said out of my mouth like not even um you know having just listened to your interview with uh Brene Brown I was like somebody need to send the whole cast of basketball uh wives one drop like and I really just need somebody to go and educate <laughs> the entire cast because I think what's happening is just like a it's a missed opportunity cuz we again yeah. I think what's happening is um we we limit our our conversations of colorism to our personal experiences, our personal prejudices, the things that we know, the things that we see. And Evelyn says, "I'm not colorist because I have black children." It's like that doesn't excuse you, or or that does not mean that you cannot embody colorism. I'm not you racist because yes, I have black exactly, friends. Exactly, exactly. But and she's all crying, and she's immediately the victim. And I don't think that the. The, the other young lady, OG, she's not entirely wrong, but I do feel like there's a, she could have 
just better articulated what what she the actual offense right so i was just curious because i think i think we get we think about these things like colorism in very black and white yes and no kind of ways and we don't think about how um these these sort of things are literally like we're they're steeped in all of our our images in the media um and a lot of people I, i think that there's just we don't we don't have the conversation around colorism that needs to be had, especially as women of the diaspora, right? And we don't. And you can't you can't have conversations around colorism if you don't have conversations about white supremacy. Well, well, yes. Like you can't have those. You can't understand colorism devoid of white supremacy. And so you're right. When we talk about colorism, it's always personal. Mm-hmm. It's always about personal infractions and who likes right. who, who prefers mm-hmm. who. Um, and it, it's not contextualized. And so the thing that's annoying to me about the, even amongst and between us is that we act like we're not supposed to be colorists. Mm, like we weren't trained to be colorist, mm, mm. socialized to be col- colorist. We were all trained to be Like if we want to talk about what's normal, given what white supremacy is, it's quite radical to not mm-hmm. be colorist. Like it's set up for us to be colorist. And so again, you know, trying not to be judgmental or have too many expectations of the average person. Like clearly, uh, Evelyn, you know, I know you mean by Evelyn, um, you know, recognize the position of privilege that you're in because of color. Yes. And, and and I think that that's where the missed opportunity is. Like we don't really see how these, these things uh, like, you know, just all the anti-blackness, anti-blackness that, exist mm-hmm. right um mm-hmm. and in the ways in which race is politicized especially within mm-hmm. groups um you know mm-hmm. the con- you know black latinas white latinas all of that there's such a rich history there <laughs> and i don't think that we, sure. we deal with that appropriately i was just curious because sure. sure. i really want somebody i yeah. was like can someone please can we skype somebody in to just do a lesson the girls are missing it <laughs> It's just it's just going that's a over whole, their head. That's a whole course in independent study. What would be more interesting to me is while we talking to the wise, let's pull the players in because you chose these wives. Amen. So it starts with you. Because <laughs> somehow these sisters are believing that they have elevated yes. and risen to a particular position because you chose yes. them. You're not wrong when you're right. And if they all if they if they all look very similarly, (laughs) right, (laughs) there can be some assumptions about the value of that particular look as opposed to basketball player. This is your pathology. Right. Because what what does this person do for you Mm. visually represent? Right. What does it mean what do they represent to have her on your arm? Isn't that, it's like, it's like buying the new pair of Jordans. How do I communicate to you? You know, when I think about us folk connected off topic, but connected, you know, when, (laughs) when you think about when people get rich, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right. Or they get some money, the Negroes of us are going to get the Gucci shirt that says G U C C I on your chest. So everybody knows Mm -hmm. that is Gucci. Whereas perhaps the rich white person might get the Gucci in the Mm -hmm. label and it looked like a regular black turtleneck. Mm -hmm. Right. So basketball player, (laughs) just like those, the the new pair of Jordans communicates your access. Mm -hmm. What does this light skin sister? And it's, it's, we've gone beyond light skin. We've gone now into quote unquote exotic. You know, we, yeah. 
because there's like a prototype yes you know we, we, <laughs> you can't really we've gone beyond that yeah. you know you could be from a whole lot of mm-hmm. places kind of vibe and so you could look like the bottom of my shoe but if you get her and so therefore again you believe that you are also of some value without recognizing that it's the money and again it's not to say these people aren't in love i'm sure they are but that money can't be taken out of the equation either. Oh, it's gonna make it look good. <laughs> 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 so good. It's gonna make yeah, it look yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna look better, smell better, you know. Like, okay, walk you. better. Yes. <laughs> and I will not continue that. But y'all already know where it's going. That's yeah. just what it does. So Yaba, since the book's been released, it's been ten years since one drop released. Ten years since I started um, the project. Uh, Ten years Seven, since you started. Eight the years since the book was. You released. released it independently first, right? And you did a re-release. Mm-hmm. Yes, I self-published. Mm-hmm. What What's changed since then? Tell what What's changed since the first? Um, you know, I think what's changed is uh, a particular heightened racial consciousness across the board mm-hmm. about the inequities and and the oppression that you know we we experience as Black people. Um, and I say black people very intentionally. I'm not talking about people of color. I'm, I'm focused on black people in this moment, right? Whatever people of color, yes. whoever people of color are. That's another conversation. But I think Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. you know, hashtag movement, uh, consciousness has happened. Rachel Dolezal mm-hmm. has happened. Um, <laughs> we just don't call her. <laughs> what do you think about Enkechi Diallo? Tell what I'm. I'm very curious about that. Please mm. tell what you think about it. There you go. I was hoping that you would say that. Okay. All right. Please All right. Keep going. I don't. <laughs> she's she's gotten way too much attention. I don't. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just think that folks are. Um, there's more of a public public conversation around not only race but also colorism. Uh, social media has grown exponentially since then so i know there are a lot of twitter experts a lot of social media um professors (laughs) and um Mm -hmm. lots of gatekeeping around Mm -hmm. race also um and again i try not to create distinctions between generations you know i I remember how that felt when older people would do that and i was younger i try not to do that but i can't help but to notice perhaps that there is something different about a racial consciousness or racial conversations um millennials always get a bad rap but that's the only generation reference point i have right um so and i think specifically about students that i've taught i think specifically about my daughter who's 26 Um, I think about my niece who's the same age and like their response to people like, well, she's not black. And so having a conversation like, well, why is she not black? Well, I mean, she's not. Okay, why? You know, like we can't go beyond the visceral reaction to what a person looks like. Right. And that they have very, dare I say, narrow and limited ideas of what blackness is and what blackness looks like. And the frustration that comes so easily when I try to push them to like give me more than like just how you feel. And it, again, it's just reflective of how much they haven't been taught or how much they've, they've had to even think about race. You know what I mean? So it does boil down to what they look like. So my generation, older generations, historical understandings of race because of the one drop rule, many of us accept it. So for many black people, you have a black parent, you're black. You can call yourself mixed, biracial, Cablanasian. The community receives you as mm-hmm. black, historically. 
in this moment, I don't see that with a particular generation. Like they have been, dare I say, trained to accept mixed and biracial as separate categories, um, distinct from blackness, you know, and in their attempt to be self-loving and self-affirming, they have created very, you know, the gates are very mm-hmm. much more, you know, police. Mm-hmm. They're not letting everybody mm-hmm. in. And so, I, you know, for me as an educator, a critical thinker, I'm just trying to push us to think about that. Actually, that's cool. That's fine. Right. Things evolve. We have to, you know, rethink lots of things. I'm not saying that we should be married to history at all. Howsoever, what is the function of these changes that we're making? Okay, we want to close the gates. We want to make mixed biracial separate categories. We want to be clear about blackness. What purpose does it serve us in the context of white supremacy? Because again, folks don't want to address white supremacy, but race was created within white supremacy. White folks were very clear about what they were doing. And because it wasn't and because it wasn't our game. Right. Because we weren't we weren't players at the table. We just took it for what it was. But now, since we, you know, believe that we have more power, that we have the power and the ability to define ourselves for ourselves. What is the purpose and the function of so doing? Hmm. (laughs) I was I was listening to all the interviews earlier and I came back and I said, I can't wait till she gives me but you know what i mean like we 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 you know yeah black people 13 percent of the population in this country mm-hmm. and if you only stay in this country you believe that you are a minority so okay let's stay there we're minorities with 13 percent of this population and but we are policing the gates even harder and again no judgment and i could be completely misinformed but what it feels like is like a defense mechanism. What it feels like is very reactionary. You don't like me, I don't like you, mm-hmm. right? Or, you know, blackness is the shit right now. Everybody trying to get a little flavor, so you can't have none. You can't have none. You're not black like us, so you go back over there. And again, I understand where it comes from on a very like visceral and emotional space. But like on the real, real, real talk, in the context of white supremacy, in the context of the world that we live in in this moment, how does it serve us to close the gates? And I'm not saying that it doesn't. I'm just asking the question. Mm-hmm. How does it serve us to close the gates? And it might. We just need to be able to articulate yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. When you say close the gates, can you give us a little more a little well, to more? Close to the that? gates being that you can look at somebody and say she's not yeah. black, to look at Meghan Markle and say she's not black, to look at somebody who has a particular phenotype and question, you know, or assume that they don't have black people right there. You know, how many of us would believe that uh, Meghan Markle's mother looks as she does, given how mm-hmm. she looks? Oh, no, that's why I got interested. I said, well, I was not expecting this. <laughs> I was just recognizably just... unquestionably black. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not her grandmother, not her great grandmother, her mom, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Which that's another conversation with a black mother represents something a little different, right? And so closing the gate just means that we have particularly limited ideations of blackness, which again might be fine. I'm just trying to understand how we got here and what function it serves. Because again, you know, it's always both and, right? No clear, clear answers necessarily, but like. The one job rule is highly problematic. 
It's highly white supremacist. Yeah, it is. So I'm not mad at us for rejecting it. But again, as we do so, what? how are we then going to how define we, blackness? And how yeah. is that definition going to serve us? How are us? we operationalizing it? Because that makes me think of Correct. like... Um, well, to me, that begs the question of does one get to identify themselves or is it up to a group of people or are there some other sort of larger markers or indicators or definitions that right. gets to define that, um, right. you know, for you? Is it based upon how you right. look or is it based upon how you grew up, where you grew up, what right. kinds of environments right. you find I, yourself in? And I feel like I'm just always going to be the Henri auntie who reminds you of what it is. <laughs> like, you know, as much as we want to feel like we are power, you know, we're empowered to, to define ourselves for ourselves as much as we feel like, you know, black people, we have the right, you know, and the capacity to define blackness. I'm always going to be the Henri auntie to be like, that's not how mm-hmm. shit works. I know how you feel. I know you want to. But like, we cannot. This is why we are still here. This is why all conversations around diversity and inclusion get on my nerves because y'all want to act like history is not a thing. And it's not just that it was history. It's not, it's, please, it's not just that it was. <laughs> it's not just that it was. It's that it continues to be the fabric of our country, of our society, of the world. It continues to impact us so much so that it's so insidious that you can't even recognize right. it and that you can believe in this. Remember when Torrey had the book about post-blackness? How? <laughs> How you fix your mouth to say post-blackness? Torrey hates okay. me. So I'm pretty I don't sure. Look, look, what's well, going on? Look, we, we're not going to wake it up. We're not going to wake it up. We're not going to get him. No. We're not going to get him in your comments. But I'm just saying, post-racial, post-black, post-post-post-post, just because it's after don't mean it's post. We're not beyond it. That's really what is missing for a lot of people. And I mean, it's it's also, it's, it's tough because for me, I'm... In, this is really hard considering the work that I do. I often feel like this is not my problem to solve. It's not my responsibility. It's not my burden to carry in terms of teaching. Um, what's that? What's the it? What's in not terms yours? of like, you know, um, white, white people sh- showing white people all of the, all of their privilege, teaching them all, all of the ways in which they have uh, benefited from white supremacy um, and, and we've been mm-hmm. marginalized and disenfranchised and dehumanized by mm-hmm. it. Um, especially when you find yourself in these spaces. Cause I mean, I exist in, and it's on trend now. Everyone's done read Ibram's book. We're all anti-racist, so to speak. And we are all developing these new vocabularies and words. And all of a sudden, like you said, people are having these aha moments. Um, and I mean, you know, I saying things like I had no idea. I mean, which, which you say that to me, like, like I remember one time I was, I did a, I had to observe, right. Because, you know, I'm the, the researcher and the, in, in the particular group that I'm working in. So a lot of time I had to do a lot of assessment and evaluation. So I have to observe a lot of things. And one time I observed um, an anti, uh, uh, anti-racism training for a group of faculty. Um, and they did a privilege walk exercise um, where it was like, you know, so, so like you have to answer, you have to answer all of these questions, right? And, and you get scored. Like if, if you always have had this experience, mm-hmm. it's five points. If if you've sometimes had this experience, it's three. And if you've never had this experience, it's one. And so the, the point is like the more privilege you have, the more points you get. And then you have to like line up in order 
according to the amount of privileges you have. So naturally all the white people end up on one side of the room and the one or two black people <laughs> end up on the other. And this is kind of like the continuum of privilege. And then you see that there's white women in there crying and talking about, I had no idea that the world was set up like this. And I'm like, you had no idea that all of my 38 years of life have been this way. You've been completely blind to it. It's never crossed yes. your mind. It's not, it's not been something. They don't, they don't, they don't have, have to. to. That's, that's, that's the ultimate you know, as you're speaking, it's the ultimate marker of privilege that how you come to understand yourself, you get to do so through an exercise. Mm. How I come to under myself, I get to do through watching my people be Absolutely. assassinated time and time again. We are not the not. same. And so when you say it's not your work, sis, don't do it then. Mm. It's not everybody's work. We not all built. Don't force yourself into doing work that doesn't feed your spirit in some way if it's constantly draining from you it's not your work and we don't need you on the front lines doing it do do give us what is the best mm -hmm. of you that's what we need you to do we don't need you to be drained and sucked dry by work that doesn't serve you but and who else gonna save them true it's unfortunate it's the worst ever right that we should have to both be you know as i say like target and shield that we're on the receiving end but then also have to like protect them from themselves and show them themselves but like if you don't hear it from my mouth this is why i get annoyed with white anti-racists leading the way this is why i get annoyed by the money that white Are folks kidding. make doing hmm. anti-racist i mean trading, checks heavy checks right because you make your people feel comfortable. Yes, we need you to do your part, but we also need you to fall back because you can't speak for me. We need somebody out there speaking on lived experience. And again, if we understand the diversity of blackness, keep it all the way real. I'm not. Even, I haven't right. had every black <laughs> yeah. experience. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not about to enter a room and start acting like I grew up, you know, in, in public housing mm -hmm. or my mom. You know what I mean? Like all of the worst ways that people think about oppression and blackness in this country. You know what I mean? And at the same time, still, if they don't hear it from us. It's true. And they still won't. I, they still won't. Is, right. Yeah. But they have to. They can. We cannot. Leaving them to their own it's devices dangerous. is why yeah, we're yeah. here. So I, 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 I'm not saying I, I, say it's not, I feel that I just feel the exhaustion of it, right? Because it is, it is. Of course, there's the fatigue that comes with having to do it. I still recognize the responsibility Absolutely. of it, and so. Um, Release yourself. True. From that. Free yourself. Of, disabuse yourself. So of how do you? How do you keep yourself safe in doing this work? What are some of the things that? that you have? <laughs> well, oh. <laughs> but um, are there ways? Are there ways? I, 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 do I just need to like um, gird up my? Do I have to kind of get my war clothes on? Because if you need like, a hitter, do I just need, need to like just, you know find my gangster? How do you keep yourself? Um, find my gangster it has taken. It is. It has taken a very long time. It is a continual process. I don't have the answers. I can tell you what had happened to mm -hmm. me and how I don't ever want to go there again. Um, I think the most, <clears throat> the turning point or where I am now with it is like, the shit is real. It is what it is. It's work that needs to be done. All I can do is give to it what I can, but y'all can't have everything. Yeah. So I will clock mm -hmm. out. I will absolutely be committed to finding spaces and places of joy. Yeah. This is why, you know, my work, 
was a little shift because I'm like, we're about to celebrate. Yeah. All of this stuff is not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere in my lifetime. I will continue to be critical of it. I'll continue to talk about it. But also, we're still here. Yeah. We're still here. Yeah. Like, who's the real MVP? Y'all did all mm-hmm. this. Y'all still doing all of this. And we still here. We still here. Like, that has to be celebrated. And we can't lose sight of that. And so, like, I feel like part of my job is to do the both ends. Yeah. I'm going to be critical and I'm going to love black people with all of my black might. And if those, and if folks, this is the other thing, getting real clear, everybody can't come. Harriet Tubman is my patron saint. Everybody can't <laughs> she come. She left who needed to be left behind. Everybody, can't come. everybody can't come. And I had to be okay mm-hmm. with that. Like young Yaba, new graduate student, um, in black studies, blacky black spaces, I was out to save every black person. I was going to be, I give thanks. They didn't have Twitter then. Okay. <laughs> because I would have been the person on the Twitters fighting everybody. Yeah. All right. About oh. what's black and what we need to be doing and, you know, liberation and blah, blah, blue. It's so exhausting. And it's more exhausting. Like I know how to fight white people. Mm. I don't know how to fight yeah. us. I don't want to fight us. Yeah. And that shit is very, very, very draining and hurtful. And so, you know, calling on mother. It's when everybody was shocked by all the black Trump supporters <laughs> and all the black this and that. Call it, call, look, calling on Mother Harriet. <laughs> Give me the strength yeah. to leave these niggas behind. This is true. And possibly shoot them. <laughs> Some of y'all got to see, and again, that's a whole other conversation. But I really want to have a, a very, a better understanding of Mama Harriet because I don't know if that's what we want her to be, or that's who we want her mm-hmm. to be, um, or if we need to also be very clear. She wasn't randomly shooting us; she was shooting us if you yeah. got in her yeah. way, Absolutely. right? If you were jeopardizing. So if you want to stay here. Phil, do you, but you will not get in my way. And so very similarly in this moment, I don't have energy, you know, because again, there's, there's, there's also, we're keeping it all the way real. There's also a very big part of me because this is, you know, so many public conversations. There are some conversations I don't want to have in front of other people. Mm -hmm. There's some conversations that have to be at the private cookout. Like I'm not fighting you sis online, not in a particular way, not unless you come for me, (laughs) something else. But like, I'm not trying to have this conversation in front of these people because they know too well how to use that against us, right? If we need to go to the side and have this conversation, you know, then let's do that. But if it means I got to fight you, do you. good wisdom. That's good wisdom. Thank you for that. And let me say this before you move on. Know that this is how white supremacy works. Look how hard we fight each other. Do you fight white people mm-hmm. that hard? We go for broke on each <laughs> other. We do. Yeah. You fight white people that hard? I can't give that much energy to us in fighting and having beef. I can't. It's too much other people I could use that energy for. And we using it on us. Absolutely. Internalized white supremacy. We know how to hate us. They taught us how to hate us. Do we know how to love us? That's the work. Mm. Who taught you how to love us? Mm. Where you see us loving us? Mm. Let's do that work. Let's do that work. Let's commit to that work. Mm -hmm. And so when I talk about this, this 
plethora of blackness, this diversity of blackness, accepting and knowing blackness all over the world to look a variety of ways, right? That that's that's the fuel yeah. that girds me up because that lets me. And when I get on the plane, I'm going where my I don't care where I go. I got people. <laughs> yeah, that's real. They might not re- they might not recognize me as such, but I recognize I see you, mm-hmm. which keeps you from feeling so isolated in this one particular context that we live in. There's more. I am. I will. You'll never hear me say I'm a minority. I won't use your language because it's not true. And you depend on us. It's all it's all connected, right? You depend on us and not have the resources to get on planes and go see our people somewhere else. And even when we do have the resources, if you only stay at the resort, mm-hmm. you're only going to see your people in serving positions. Right. And so it just com- continues to recodify what you think you know about blackness. So even as you travel the world, you think only black people op- are oppressed everywhere. Right. You continue to see the same narrative play out over and over again. What would it mean to get an Uber, to get a a cab and go see where your people are outside of that resort? What would it mean to recognize and embrace black life everywhere that exists? And I'm like, I'm committed to that. Like I am invested in being like the black Anthony Bourdain. Mm. (laughs) Because like if you if you don't have the opportunity to see us in the world let me show you yourself yes because he my friend he went to the he went to the he was going to go to the little cafe in the middle of the village like you wouldn't you wouldn't see an anthony on no resort (laughs) where the real where the the real people live at what y'all doing? He's like, where can I get the <laughs> word, word. So that's that's my kind of okay. So we you talk to us this way, right? We have one drop here. There's so many beautiful Yaba interviews. How are you talking to your granddaughter? You have I a seven year old granddaughter. Right? granddaughter. I have another granddaughter who turned one yesterday. Um, happy birthday. I have a seven-year-old okay. daughter. Um, you know, seven-year-olds are, are magical, and 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 you know, she identifies as almost a teenager. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I I'll be the first to admit that I don't know how to have these conversations with children. Um, because you know, I, I chose to teach college students because I can cuss and I can be aggressive <laughs> and I can. You know, mm-hmm. tell them to get it <laughs> together. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of my grandbaby, at the very least, she knows that she's black. She knows it's no option. She knows who her grandmother is, though, because like when I grew up, I couldn't have white baby dolls. Right. My daughter couldn't have white baby dolls. And I had conversations yeah. with my daughter about why. Right. Later, I learned that it didn't keep her from wanting them. But at least my commitment as her mother was that I'm not buying them and they will not enter my home. If I was in charge of my granddaughter, that rule would still apply, right? My daughter is a little looser. She doesn't have many, but some have crept up in the house. So the interesting conversations come with my granddaughter. Like she plays The Sims and other apps like that. And she has, yes. Oh, God, the Roblox. Uh Uh But she knows who I am. So one time I had her iPad. She was showing me the game. She's like, Grandma, uh, uh, Yaya. She's like... Oh, that's what my daughter yeah, calls she my calls mom. Me, yeah, 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 yeah. She's not white. She's light skinned Okay, like she she's gonna okay. jump in front of me before I say anything. 
<laughs> she's she's not white. She's light skinned. And she tried it with another doll that she got. And she's like, she's not white. I'm like, little girl, it's enough. The, the, this one is white. <laughs> and you stop stop it, to play okay? But, you know, she knows who I am. And she knows my commitments in that way. And I remind her that I'm not trying to be, quote unquote, mean to anybody. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure you understand that you are perfect as you are, that you should play with toys that remind you that you exist in the world, you know? So I try, but I, I mean, I don't have the answers, but I do think that it's important for us to model, you know, at least give them a, a running start in terms of like armor that they need before they head out into this world that's going to try to chop, chop, chop them down. And it's so easy with kids. It's so easy. Absolutely. I... um. My husband and I are the same way with our daughter. She's there's no white dolls. You don't bring white dolls in the house. I actually got really uh, offended because one day she thought I was white. Uh, <laughs> but that's a uh, that's uh, that that introduced other conversations about the range uh, of us Correct. as a people. Um, and it, and I also try to explain to her because I understand as hard as that as we go, that might be a little confusing to a seven year old sometimes, right? And it's like it's not the fact that we don't like right. white people; it's the fact that we are trying to instill how beautiful you are. We want you to understand how beautiful you are, your people are, right. where you come from, your people on a range on a right. range right. everywhere. We want you to understand that and embrace that and. So she does the same thing. She'll jump on. Mommy, don't worry. This show has two black girls on it. Right. Like, you're not about to ruin this lady. Like, let it go. But I think, you know, I think incrementally as she gets older, it might look like, you know, rather than me telling her what she can't do, just watching with her and pointing out, you know, you notice anything, you know, what's different here. Um, Critical thinking, you know, as opposed to just like, Telling her what's right, what's wrong in that way, but allowing her to see it for herself. I love that. I just wanted to know. I was like, let me, how do you talk to her on ba- on, on a baby basis? I just wanted to understand that. But we. No, she knows. She knows. Right. She knows what I'm about. <laughs> she knows Yaya is all yeah. black girl magic. You know, I'm the Yaya who hypes her up with the TikTok dances. Okay. Oh, yeah, all oh, same. Let me tell you, we Corvette, okay. Corvette. Let, let, okay. let me, show me something new. Let me see. Okay. Because my baby... Let me figure my, out how to twerk my, 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 my ass. My baby didn't have rhythm for a while, okay? <laughs> we were not going out. We weren't going out like that. <laughs> we're going to be deliberate. Like Shanti This is what I'm saying. Said, let, let me tell you. This is what black girls <laughs> do. And do. therefore, you will do it. Let's go. Five, six, seven, eight. Okay. That. <laughs> Noah. I love that. Not mine. No, that's a natural little. She good, dances. That's what good. she does. But I, I love that. I love that relationship, and I love that you all have that relationship. I know we've been talking. Kia, do you have anything? I don't want to hold y'all for um, too much longer because I know you know. I wanted to some time. ask. This is kind of just for a personal question, if you don't mind. So um, I shared before with you uh, that a lot of what you have said around um, the exhaustion of the academy and of that space being least affirming for you um, really resonated with me. Um, As you know, the Ph.D., you know, the conventional pathway of a Ph.D. is to just kind of be a professor. And that's never really been something that has um 
I've connected with. I felt like I've always wanted my work to have impact beyond the academy and to have like real practical implications. And so, but, but in, sure. you know, I'm, I, I, it'll be, I'm just four years, four and a half years out of my program. And, um, I think I sometimes struggle with, you know, kind of, we've been kind of steeped in those sort of conventional markers of productivity, right. And feeling like I'm, especially when you're kind of surrounded by other folks who are on that kind of faculty pathway. And I find myself, I don't feel like my work kind of fits neatly into any of those boxes. And I still struggle with, you know, um, accepting that about myself and just coming to, to, um, be comfortable with kind of charting my own pathway and knowing that I'm going to be okay. So I was just wondering if, if in your career of kind of navigating, I know you, you've talked about some of your teaching positions and administrative stuff and kind of leading up to the kind of work that you're doing now. There is there anything that, is there anything that advice or anything that you would share with someone who's trying to find her way <laughs> um, and not really feeling like I, you know, the, the pathway well the pathway that set before me doesn't really resonate with me so I feel like I need to chart my own path and I just was wondering as someone right. who who is a possibility model for me if there's anything that um any advice anything you wish you knew anything anything that you would share hmm. um I mean to be quite honest I didn't plan for mm-hmm. this you know like I got here because shit wasn't working out you know um and Again, at that point where I recognized that my work didn't fit neatly, that it was a it was a crossroads of what is it? Do you change mm-hmm. your work, or do you change the outlet? Right, and so it became a point where I recognized that what I was doing in the academy was a means to an end, was how I was paying my bills. Um, but I think the the first kind of step was being okay with recognizing for it for what it was like there's always particularly if you're still in it like how do you free yourself of it if you're still in it you know um and particularly being surrounded with so many dope um black women also phds also professors also researchers all in different spaces doing different things um and, you know, hearing people's stories and, and it working out for yeah. them. But I, it's like you have to recognize who you are, like that self-discovery piece. And it's like, OK, yes, I'm smart. OK, yes, I was able to write in the way that y'all do to get the degree. I got it. Yes, I've done some journal articles like I I could do the dance, but mm-hmm. I won't survive if I have to keep doing it in this way. Right. And so for a lot mm-hmm. of sisters, it's no judgment because it works for them. You know, like I, I won't sit here and, and talk for all black women PhDs or all black working, mm-hmm. women academics because mm-hmm. there's some women who have found the right groove. They found the right space. This is who they are. So they should continue. Yeah. I had to be OK with the fact that this is not who I am. And there's such a head like when I look at my student loan debt, <laughs> when I look at the fact that I have a terminal degree, like even the language, I have a terminal yeah. degree. There's absolutely moments where it's like, fuck, you know what I mean? Like, what have I done? Am I stuck? Is this forever? And, you know, big ups to my Gemini rising. I always reserve <laughs> the right to change my mind. 
Oh, that's right. Y'all are high. <laughs> <laughs> Learning. Ever. I reserve the right to change my mind. That's it. <laughs> and that is, and that is okay. It. And that I'll be okay. And ultimately it's yeah. like, is your work good? Like take everything out. Is your work good? You have to always give it 155% because you are a black woman. Right? Is your work good? Yeah. If your work is good, it'll find its home. It'll stand on its own. Like, we hustle for better or for worse. You know? Um, it's going to find its outlet or the outlet might find you. But it's I don't yeah. ever want this to sound easy, fun. I'm still not clear. I still live with imposter syndrome. Like, I had a moment... When I first, you know, was making the transition and to be quite honest, my contract was not renewed at my last position. And so even now, when I look at um, academic positions, I can't apply. <laughs> I don't even like how I don't mm -hmm. even like the language of this. I don't want to work with y'all. Right. Again, no shade. No shade mm -hmm. to y'all that are doing it. It doesn't work for y'all. But I have to be OK mm -hmm. with that. You know, and give myself permission to see yeah. myself and like, sis, this would be such yeah. a setup. You know good and well you would not be happy. Now, I love teaching. But if in order to teach, it means I have to do all these other yeah. things, too. I don't want to. I don't feel like it. I don't want to. And that has to be OK. Right. But at the same time, sis, if yeah. you're clear that you don't want to do X, what is it that you want to do? And give that 100 percent. But. What I was saying was when I first, you know, my, my contract wasn't renewed, I hyped myself up. I was going to hustle. I had all these other things that I do. People always invite me to speak. I'm going to I'm going to be focused and I'm going to make a thing out of it. Right. Got my first inquiry, simple inquiry, just asked when we could set up a time to talk. It took me two hours to respond to that email. I had to call on one of my girlfriends mm. Because of the signature mm -hmm. in that email. The signature still said professor, producer, professional black girl. And I had a whole life crisis because if I'm not attached to an academic institution, can I still call myself a professor? Do I still want to call myself a professor? I have this mapped out professor, producer, professional black girl. I got my P's. It's flowing. Mm -hmm. It's a little song. Now I got to take professor out. What can I, you know, yeah. I had a whole meltdown about my identity based upon the language that was given to me. Now I see so many sisters. I love us so much because they're mm -hmm. all giving me examples of how mm -hmm. all of this shit is made up and I can make it up for my damn self. So I think of my yeah. sister, Sonia Renee Taylor, who is the chief radical executive yeah. of her. She made it up because that's who she said she is. <laughs> right. So I'm gonna make some shit up too. I am the chief creative officer. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I am a scholar activist. Right? I get I'm to gonna name call myself. my I'm I gonna call to my own name. Word. Mm -hmm. And not wait yeah. for absolutely. absolutely. You have to you have yeah. to name yourself actually because people will meet you there. Not the other way around, not them giving you some boxes that you can neatly fit into. I'm right. finna tell you who I am. Catch up. Keep up. Right. And so it's still a process. Like, again, I don't want to sit here like I got it all figured <laughs> out because trust me, I still be like, I don't know. But the thing that this quarantine, thing, I don't know, has, has that's what this whole yeah, I don't about. know. <laughs> the bless the blessing of 2020. Yeah. 
Yes. Was that give thanks for those of us who made it through. Like we have been given the possibility. We, 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 we have seen with our own eyes and walked with our own feet that we will be okay. <laughs> the world literally shut down. And here we, we're still here one year later <laughs> talking. Okay. Tisha you still, like, okay. And so in that way, it also allowed me to free yeah. up some of my overachieving yeah. tendencies of wanting to have a plan far, far out. Mm. I didn't know how 2020 was going to end. And it was one of my best years. I don't know how 2021 is going to end. It's already one of my best years. Why am I thinking about 2022? Can I be present in 2021? We have to be present. Thank you. Thank you. Give Thank now you. our I appreciate all. appreciate that. Right now. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I tell you like I tell myself. So I might creep into your DMs in six months for another pep That's talk, but just do. don't, <laughs> don't, uh, don't kick me it's out. All good. But we're gonna be okay. It's but yeah, it has been a complete gift and a joy it's to spend good. time with you and to welcome you to the to the kitchen table. You are welcome back anytime. I want all of our listeners. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please. Right. Please. Wait, I got one more question. What you got? What, what you got? I got my last got? question. I'm kicking it with y'all on a Friday. <laughs> and what are the snacks? You yes. know what I'm saying? What are we drinking? And what are we eating? <laughs> okay. Um, you know, it depends on how we feel. We're definitely drinking. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, my go-to is what is your tequila of choice? Um, what is your tequila of choice? Oh. <laughs> I'm pretty. Oh. Well, okay, we're I'm pretty right black. I'm, I, yes. I, I'm pretty black Mexican. Um, I'm into 1800, but I'm actually, you know, as long as it's not bottom bottom shelf, I'm I'm cool with I'm cool with Corvo. Also, I really <laughs> like mezcal. Mezcal makes me feel very grown, very grown. You know, I, I really like it. But you know, I, I do all Mexican, <laughs> most Mexican food. Not too much on the cheese, because you know lactose intolerant but because <laughs> we're lactose right intolerant. but you know tacos <laughs> can't go wrong with tacos enchilada i'm go for it you know mm-hmm. chips sauce of guac all that um i also like i i, I just like mm. i like food of the world so depending <laughs> on where we are you know brooklyn i eat everything <laughs> I'm, I'm not eating American food. I'm eating everything else. I'm eating Ethiopian. I'm eating Dominican. I'm eating Trini. I'm eating Jamaican too much. I'm eating all oh my picklies. Come on. I'm eating everything. So, yeah. Give me some picklies and baccarat. Yeah, your girl yeah, is yeah. good. I can really. Yeah, it don't even have to be fancy. We just, we drinking and eating and having. I'm making you a drink then. You know, yes, oh, you name nice. yourself. Very nice. Yes. So that, oh, that's what very I nice. tell yes, you later. You're welcome. So, you're welcome. <laughs> that's what y'all will call me. Um, so Absolutely. I will be making but you again, some drinks when we get safe. For sure. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. A gift. Thank you, Thank Thank you for sharing Dr. space Dr. with Yabba. us. You're welcome back at the of kitchen course. table so anytime. Of course. And want all of our listeners again grown to run out and get one drop. You will not be sorry. Yeah, it's sold out. <laughs> if you don't have yours, good luck. You, that you'll be a little late. Just keep checking everywhere. back. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Restock. It's coming. We're gonna have those those shelves stocked by the end of the month for sure. I was reading it I on my I Kindle, said, but, but I'm going to get hard copy for the shelves. <laughs> it's coming. But so yes, thank you copy. so so much. <laughs> Please do. Please do. 
But you all get your your pre-orders and all, all right. of that. Yeah, we we're grateful. Thank we're so you. Grateful. Thank you. We're gonna see you Thank soon. You. This is not even sure, the last time. Where right. can they yeah, well, find you? Anything you like that? Pete, you want to close out with anything? You want to let them know um, anything? Yabablay.com at Yabablay on social. Um, buy my book. Um, buy it mm-hmm. twice. Give, professional give it to black somebody. Girl. Professional Black Girl is a thing. Professional Black Girl is also Ooh. going to be yes. um, on PBS. I got five episodes. That are going to be oh, a exciting. part of the Afro Pop series on April nineteenth. Oh, no. So I don't even care if you watch it. Fetch your DVR. You turn your TV Fetch on your or DVRs. turn whatever streaming you got We're in for the views. Hell for the yeah. views. I just need your views. You ain't even got to like it. Just Say turn less. it on. We in right? there. We in uh, there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Say yeah. less. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm hype about that. So yeah, for sure. I'm around. All right, bet. We're going to remind y'all about that. Uh, make sure you check out Yabba Blay on all platforms. And we are super, super grateful. The thing about getting older is that you have a greater appreciation for convenience. Nothing, I mean, just makes my day more than one-stop shopping. And now we have one-stop shopping through one of my favorite apps, Audible. Audible lets you enjoy all of your audio entertainment and all of it is right there in one app. You can listen to your audiobooks. You can actually now listen to podcasts. They also have amazing series, theatrical performances, the whole gamut, whatever you want, all your audio needs. It's not just about books anymore. There's all kinds of things going on down at the Audible. There is uh, all kinds of memoirs, mysteries, thrillers. You can get all of your uh, Black women self-care, self-care, wellness, emotional wellness. Uh, You can get business advice. There's all kinds of uh, amazing series for parents and people trying to save money. Lots of awesome lessons and resources to uh, supplement the kinds of conversations we have around the kitchen table. And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month um, and keep the entire catalog, including all of the bestsellers and new releases. So you can pick uh, one category. You can get all of that for one month. You'll discover thousands of new podcasts from popular favorites, uh, including Getting Grown, Al, come on. Uh, And then you also have uh, exclusive uh, guided programs, theatrical performances, comedy, audible originals from some of your favorite celebrities, uh, renowned experts, all kinds of new voices entering the audio space. I personally was scrolling through and saw lots of my faves. Of course, all the loudspeaker faves are there in the podcast space. I saw some amazing books and I love how they're categorizing. They have like a raising black voices uh, that ha- helps you define categories and content um, all kinds of things, LGBTQIA plus essentials, uh, picks from editors. You can uh, search by authors and voices and people you want to hear from. <clears throat> There's a new selection of title that makes Audible membership so much more valuable by giving you a chance to listen to all of your favorites across different formats, lots of different music series, podcast plus series, so much more. Um, Audible makes it really convenient, easy for you to listen to all different kinds of audio right there in one app anywhere while you're traveling, while you're working out, while you're home, working from home, all of these things. New members can try Audible for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash GG. That's audible.com slash GG to sign up and get more information. We have some special guests. Some very, 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 very special guests. I mean, extremely very special. 
Yes, that was like five varies. Five varies. Five varies. I'm excited. We have the ladies, the beautiful ladies of Around the Way Curls podcast will be joining us. Hey, friend. Welcome. Hey, y'all. Hey. Oh, hello. Hi, Queens. Internet and Shanti are in the building. Yes. Welcome. The porcelain princess and and the queen herself. (laughs) Oh. I'm yes. wow she's the queen herself yes. but I'm the porcelain princess well, that's the bullshit no, that was the toffee I was just trying I don't to make know, sure I you get had my name your separate identities that's all I, porcelain <laughs> that's kind of shady it's very shady it is and Jay, and you don't have a lot of room. Well, I did first of all. <laughs> Shanti made that. Do up. you know what the Do you know what Jade means? I looked this up. We were all together, Crystal, Fran, and I, and and I was sitting. We were going over names. I said. I'm wondering what jade means, and it means white island. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Look it up. I looked it up. White I island. What language in J- Japanese. I don't know, but that shit meant white island. Y'all are going to Google I, that, and you're going to realize that she made that up. Yeah. No, I'm white not. White island. Jade. I thought what jade was a stone. Internet. Wasn't it, it a stone? It's a colored mm-hmm. queen. No, I looked this up. A precious stone. I feel like that's Jade. This is Mandela effect is what's <laughs> happening right now. Y'all are here. <laughs> jade. What just <laughs> Wow. Well, while Antoinette looks up her dreams, why don't you, Shanti, how was your week? (laughs) My week's been good. I actually got to see Antoinette. So we were hanging out. She came up to Philly, Philly. And so we were hanging out. Tell them how she came up. She got a new car. The Princeton Princeton came up in the new chariot pulled up. I said, fall out wow. till you fall out then. Okay. Uh, listen now, Jade, and dro- Jade drove me up there to go get a new card about two hours away. She had to go, so I had to buy something. I was like, how <laughs> the like, fuck am I going to get home? And I didn't leave until I, I said, now, is she, get, is she walking away with this thing today? And the man was like, yes, yeah, she absolutely is. I said, okay, I got to go. Well, go ahead. <laughs> Congratulations. Of course he was. He was like, she ain't leaving here without buying nothing. The fuck you think? This- she was I'm getting my ceiling fans put in. I got to go. I did. Have you, gotta eat. It's the have first you named month. it? Have you named your car yet? I I was calling her porcelain. It's between porcelain princess and snow white. I haven't decided oh yet. Oh, snow white. Oh, It's white. Oh. So. Not snow white. Okay. Not snow white. No. All right. Well, what is this? Somebody porcelain give it. Prince, the, the porcelain, porcelain chariot princess, yeah. for the porcelain princess. Pull up. I agree. Royalty is here. <laughs> I agree. I hate that. That mother of name. pearl. One or the mother other. Of <laughs> mother of pearl. Mother of pearl. Yes. It's giving me what I wanted to. Yes. Yes. I like it. Thank you. Mother of Pearl. It's fascinating. So she's beautiful. All well, my cars have been men. I've never had a woman car. What? Oh, did you hear the the Ooh. the stunt she just did? The little humble brag. All my cars. My, I mean, okay. over the course of my life, I'm not she saying was like, that my I have Range several Rover cars was a now. Guy. <laughs> my Benz was a let's, guy. Let's, my what let's their not names? do that. Let's what were not names? do that. <laughs> yeah, what were their names? My first car. His name was Rodney. Oh, that's Job. a black ass. Oh, was man. that a Jane Buick? Oh, All of my cars car. are black. Probably men. not dependable. Was that a was that it a was Buick? Actually, right, shout out to Rodney. <laughs> shout out to Rodney. <laughs> Rodney okay. held me down for a good long time. And then the next car was Anthony. Aww. Oh. And um, the, my current car, his name is Sean Corey Carter. <laughs> <laughs> I hate her. Carter. I hate her so much. Hi. Wow. 
<laughs> but yeah, I just have always had boy cars. I don't know why, but it's just sort of naturally just felt right. I like it. I you're, give you're, off bigger bi energy, so I might as well be riding around in a bitch. Makes sense. <laughs> I just feel like it's breaking the gender norm because they normally name a car like a uh, it's a feminine. A yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. oh really? True. Yeah. Yes. Cars are usually oh. feminine, but I just you know. You're like fuck that, Rodney. How's Rodney. He- His name is Rodney. <laughs> that should have been my first car's name because that was a Park Avenue. A 1994 yeah. Buick Park Avenue, nigga. That was yes, my name. Wow. <laughs> no, that sounds more like a Richard. Richard? <laughs> Not Rodney. Richard. <laughs> Not Richard, but Richard. Richard. <laughs> Richard. Oh a God. good sturdy black male name, yeah. like Thaddeus mm. or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, so name. So I had a Gallant after that. What's his name? Her name. Their name. Uh, Mitsubishi Gallant. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, knowing the cars. I was like, what the fuck is mm-hmm. a Gallant? I don't know I why I, I knew like, that. I don't know why I knew that. I don't care. Okay, let me think. Only like, only like male names are coming to me because I was going to say like Mitchell. <laughs> Mitchell, Mitch, Mitch. <laughs> this is Mitchell. Really a fun game. Shanti, does your car have a name? No, no. Broke. It's broke. Oh. I used to name my cars. I forgot all the damn names though. But no, not right now. But shout out to my Honda. I only get I only get foreign cars. Oh, I have I'm a Honda lying. too. Yeah, shout out to Hondas. That's shout out to Hondas. Best. I did name the Mitsubishi because it was red. I named it the mm-hmm. Crimson Wave. <laughs> See oh. why? That's a title. It's not a name, well, but you but know. Fair. I also like named my fish Tide. That was title. a really good movie. Thank Crimson you. Tide. No, this was the Crimson. Oh, that's Wave. actually a movie title. I missed that. I'll it's an amazing movie too. Shout out to Denzel was Washington. I was about to say Jack Denzel Hackman. Washington was in that. It's right? a really. It's a na- naval ship. Oh. High stakes. Highly recommended. It's on Hulu now. <laughs> Are you? Okay. Is that your Denzel that voice? Girl. Is that your? Is that, what, is that really good? <laughs> That's your Denzel voice. Come on, trying to get this IMDb partnership. Go ahead. <laughs> you deserve queen. Um, All right. Well, we yeah. got some trash to get into, nigga. So I say we do that. What okay. say you? I'm down. Life or flat. All right. We're gonna get into the trash. Basura, basura, cha-cha, it's trash time. And we get to discuss the trash with Around the Way Curls. I'm so excited. Basura. (laughs) Basura, cha-cha-cha. Okay, so first and foremost, your boy Bill Cosby um, has been denied role parole by the Pennsylvania Parole Board after refusing to take state-mandated sex offender programs in prison. Um, Good. Well, oh, oh, he's refusing to he's re- say what? He's refusing, he's refusing to, take to take the state mandated sex I... offender programs. I wow. mean, hey, it's the arrogance. That's a Philly man what right there. Bill? The arrogance. Well, listen, I'm just saying, like, you know, I mean, that's what happens. There are consequences and this is it. I'm for it. So the nigga said he's going to sit the he's going to serve the full 10 years. Because ahead, he's baby. not doing the programs and whatever happens from there is like, that's what happens. But he his, ain't doing it. That's his his proof like of innocence. That's his like. Yeah, his that's his claim to innocence. Protest of innocence. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to make shit harder for myself. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. Enjoy. Welcome to the life of a stubborn ass nigger. Could you imagine being in jail at 97,000 years old? But also like not being Bill Cosby and then having Bill Cosby like at the cafeteria. I'd be like. <laughs> This is fucking that me would, up. <laughs> that would, could you imagine? That would fuck me Sitting up. across from Bill, I'd be like, 
I'm mm. on the way he's talking about in there. You know Child. he's in you know there with all talking. his respectability politics. You know he yes. is. You know he's telling the niggas to pull their pants up oh to stop God. to stop the drinking audacity. hooch. You know what I'm saying? He's he trying is. to keep niggas from drinking hand sanitizer, all while still denying <laughs> his own. He's Cliff Huxtable in jail. He is. He's Cliff Huxtable. Meanwhile, wow. the boulder is in his eye. OBGYN. <laughs> Isn't that tricky? Wow. No, is he, mm. He's not mixing with the public. Bill, Bill th- is doing his white collar crime somewhere. So he what do you think? He's got a little apartment. Is it white collar sale. crime? I thought he was yes. in. Like, no, he's not Martha Stewart. He is no. not mixed with Hakeem in, and I them from North Philly. Absolutely Yes, not. he is. Well, like let's just is. do That's a, a shame. Google search. I'm upset about that, actually. Let's You're up, you yeah. think that Bill Cosby deserves some other what? shit? He was raping. I feel like if all the other rich people get to go in their little private things why wouldn't bill, bill get to go Cosby. why was he Fuck with bill. everybody else because <laughs> that's where his ass deserves to go i highly doubt he's, he's at the... pennsylvania state prison so he's not doing fed time which usually has a bit of nicer accommodations very ever so slightly where is the address that's state road where's the address Nigga, i'll I crack know. up <laughs> this is, that shit up state road i will crack up Mm-mm. pennsylvania state prison no, it's Pennsylvania State Prison. My raggedy geography, not Talk Philadelphia. About. Okay. Yeah, not quite sure where that is. But that's what's, that's what's going on with Bill Cosby. Wow. Oh, and, and Bootsy, Bootsy is, is defending him. Bootsy badass. Uh, of Boosie? course, you already know Boosie is a trash human being. You know what? Boosie is literally out, out here sounding like somebody's uncle. And Boosie is my age. And did that fascinate me. We graduated Is he really? No, that nigga's 38. We graduated 38. high school the same year. Yeah. I thought he was like 50. Nah. Boosie. What happened to him? Is he, is he swell? He's not well at oh, all. He's, a, he's not he's, well. He's, he's sick. Got a di- he's a diabetical. He's he got, got lupus or something. Too. No, he's he also, got the not sugar. okay. He's also he got not the well. sugar. He's he mentally got, he unwell. He got the sugar. He has lots and of... He is, yes, that's probably a, a, a touch of that as well. Mm. But you know, my mama used to say, you live hard, you look hard. Mm. 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 <laughs> he deserved to be locked up with Bill too, though. The shit he be doing with his son. That's what I'm saying. He deserved to be right up in I'm there. I'm like, you the main person who's out here screaming and you have very questionable behavior in your past. And on top oh, of that, you don't abuse. eat no vegetables. Exactly. I you mean, haven't had a lick he, of water ever. Not a, he don't drink <laughs> not so a drop, long. honey. He sells alkaline water. Child, he ain't Excuse drinking that. The iron in those knees, nigga. Listen, <laughs> the pa- his pantry is running over with all manner of MSG. What alkaline water does he sell? He sells. He sells some sort of alkaline water on his on his one of his businesses. I don't know. It's some sort of brand of alkaline water that he's one of the owners. And what's in of it? This company. Don't mean he drinking it, child, right? Because he don't look like he, he's very dehydrated. Probably has Brain salt is affected. Probably tastes like Dasani. I want to know well. the brand of this alcohol, alkaline water. I, I look Dasani. It, up and it to you. It's malt liquor in it. It's <laughs> Colt Forty Five. <laughs> That's that blast. <laughs> Don't buy that one, y'all. That one ain't it. Oh, so if you plan on flying Southwest Airlines anytime oh, soon, Lord, please. Please know that you will not be able to get any alcohol, even in the first class, because these niggas have canceled alcohol service due to a passenger. Yep. Due to a passenger punching a flight attendant and knocking two (gasps) of their teeth out. I saw that. I saw that video. That was horrible. Mm hmm. I didn't see that. And that black man, shout out to to black folks because that was two white women acting the right ass fool. That black man stood up and saved that flight attendant. But that young girl. 
And there was a there. Wait, it was a, two women hit another woman. No, it was no, it was the 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 flight attendant was a white woman, and the disgruntled nutcase was a young white girl. She was she might have been in her twenties, oh, just God. acting a fool and just decked her like was gi- giving it to her, and he stood up and got in between them. It was so sad. There was like a little kid sitting one seat in front of the mayhem, just. Didn't want to move, turn around, just looking straight, scared, like didn't want to move. I, ugh, Neanderthals. You see, these little, they don't have no broad upsy. These mm-hmm. little pink trolls no. be out here just acting a fucking fool, but got the first thing They've to say about raised. black people. They've never been. That's raised. why I wish some of you niggas would stop saying when black people act up in public. Don't say they misrepresenting me or or you know you misrepresenting us. You kiss my ass. They represent misrepresent yourself. You ain't representing me. Cause these, cause these white people be out here doing the same shit. Mm-hmm. So kiss my ass. Per. Naomi Osaka. Speaking of kiss my ass, uh, Naomi Osaka says she ain't doing no press during the French Open. Or well, she's not doing the French Open. She's not doing the French oh, Open. Oh, she's not doing the Open. Now. Not she's not doing press. Yeah, oh, because they said, I'm her. not doing it. So well, she first she said she wasn't going to do the press. She said she was going to do right. press, and they said that they would find her. I mean, all of the white people right. were just in. Up, they uh, were up in arms. arms. Yes, they were upset. They said it was in her contract. It was her responsibility to be ridiculed by the press mm-hmm. uh, on demand. She needed to sit there and take whatever questions she was asked, mm-hmm. um, and that she would be fine. And then Naomi said, "That's okay." I got it. <laughs> Whatever the fine is, mm-hmm. I'm willing to pay it. It was, that, it was fifteen thousand dollars. That like, made them even more angry when mm-hmm. she was like, "That's fine, fifteen thousand. I got it. No problem. What you need a check, money order? Which what? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I got it in my pocket right what now. You need? I can cash app you. Pay Zell, my glove compartment. Venmo. What you need? That just you know sparked even more uh, vitriol from from the people. And then she said, "Okay, fine. You keep your little French open. Ooh. I'm gonna stay home." Oh, the last thing I read was, fuck you, brokies. <laughs> Tweet me from your couches. I didn't know she quit the whole thing. Well, good. Because you're not yeah, about to I'm drive good. my mental health to, to bits. You're not going to do it. Did you see what Venus Williams said? Well, yes, said. I Just did. Just recently? I said, okay, say less. She said, I know every single person asking me a question can't play as well as I can and never will. So no matter what you say or write, you'll never light a candle to me. So that's how I deal with it. But each person deals with it differently. So this is legacy, she said, right? Remember when? She said, you you don't bother me because you're not on my level. Period. I don't hear you. Y'all remember when Sorry. Venus's daddy... Uh, got the press together about yes on that interview what was that 2020 yes. or some shit whatever yes. that was 60, 60 minutes, minutes. It was like 60, 60 minutes, minutes. Mm-hmm. like 10 15 years ago i just feel like venus is like you know what this is what we do we get the we get these people together real niggas yeah. do real things her daddy pulled her out of that interview and said we're actually done with this we're not doing this anymore he's like that's a black child <laughs> that you're talking to <laughs> As a black girl, <laughs> you're irresponsible. In fact, how dare you? How dare you insinuate that she cannot do something? She can do whatever she puts her mind to. <laughs> you idiot. It was very Joe Clark. It was very it was. Joe Clark. I stand for it. Free Mr. Like, yes. Clark. Free Mr. Clark. That's one of my favorite movies. Oh my you God. slovenly, sloppy boy. <laughs> speaking like, of, <laughs> speaking of, Morgan Freeman's birthday was like yesterday or something, right? Oh, First of all, happy thousand. Shout out to Morgan Freeman. 
God. Morgan Freeman turned like 84 or something crazy. No, he baby. Another he tricky one. Morgan on Freeman been 84. But isn't he dating his granddaughter yeah. or some wild shit? Yeah, it's I'm tricky. sorry. What? Excuse me? Yeah, his stepdaughter. He did a Woody Allen. Yes. Excuse me? What? Yes. Let's, let's verify. You know, we Please need to verify this. Yeah. Oh, yes. no. Yo, Shanti, when Shanti says he did, that's something she saw <laughs> and doing live. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, Morgan. he turned 84. He turned 84. He's, he was born in 1937. Morgan, June 1st. Morgan is not well either. Oh, don't tell me that. He used to be the voice on my ways. The allegations of an affair between Freeman and his step-granddaughter were made by the defense. Yeah, so there were allegations. Freeman has strongly denied the allegations. He has been seen on the red carpet with her. A little tricky. But it's his step-granddaughter. Trash. Okay, well, we don't know if he did it, child. Allegedly. Allegedly. Shame. Allegedly. Shame. We just finished Game of Thrones again. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I've got to Shame. go finish. I've got to go back and finish. You uh, never finished it, Jade? No, I did. But I told Antoinette I was going to go back and rewatch again. Oh. I mean, <laughs> It was it, it was amazing. I got her to watch Snowfall, so I'll just count that blessing. I already watched Game of Thrones. This was supposed to be a rewatch. She watched Game of Thrones like out of order. It was just a mess. Yes, I don't even I know how you it. watch Game of Thrones. I, no, you <laughs> didn't watch that it if you nigga. watched it out of that's order. Because that shows no, you no. the capability of how I'm able to process okay. information. Okay. No. That's not how that's it works. Not... But shout We're out actually to you. done with the trash. I'm done now. Thank you. Because <laughs> you are trash for that. Look at this. Oh, Look shout at out this. to the audience. They're like, what the fuck is going on? Do these bitches hate each other? <laughs> We love each other. <laughs> Very much. It's my love language. Very much. Well, we have I'm, some shout outs to get into. Oh, what's up, sis? I just was tickled that Morgan Freeman has 2.1 million followers and follows a whopping total of 50 people. Yes. Who does he follow, though? Is <laughs> one of them Beyonce? Wait a minute. He follows. <laughs> Good question. What follows. about cancer season is forever? Uzo Aduba. <laughs> He follows Uzo. He follows Anne Hathaway. He follows what? Tim Robbins, Anthony <laughs> Mackey, Tracy Ellis Ross, Jennifer Ooh. Aniston, Ooh. Jennifer Metro Aniston, Twenty One Savage. <laughs> what the fuck? What? Is uh, he people. follows Sean Mendez, Strong Black Lead, and a bunch of okay. randoms. Jimmy Kimmel, <laughs> Ellen. Oh, why is Chris, Jimmy Kimmel ramble? Chris, random? Chris Tucker. Michelle oh, Obama, Chris. Barack Obama, put Oprah, him on a milk carton. Diane Keaton, <laughs> Diane. I love Diane. We Keaton. all love Diane. Samuel Keaton. Jackson. Uh, who else? Oh, Hillary God. Swank. Does he follow <laughs> Spike Cruz. Lee? Uh, let me see. No, he doesn't. I'm dying. Chris, Chris Rock, <laughs> Tracy Morgan, John Travolta, Catherine oh. Zeta-Jones. Oh, he's no. a Scientologist. He's a Scientologist. Please, a Scientologist. Don't get Jade, please. <laughs> He's a Scientologist. That Listen. is no bueno. Oh, no. Wait a second here. I don't know. These are other, Brie Tyree. I don't know who these people are. Okay. That ain't Morgan. Well, yeah, Dre that's, Howard. That's his step-granddaughter. That's his step-granddaughter. He's not following Beyonce. He's not. Who is Ruby Rose? Who is that? <laughs> oh, I love Ruby Rose. Is that the white androgynous girl? Yes, he's okay. following Ruby yes. Rose. Yes. She cute. Constance Wu. See? Who's that? The she's from Fresh Off the Boat. That Dan Stevens. This Was is so fascinating. 
The fact yes. that we have a whole segment on who Morgan Freeman follows, that's incredible. Morgan Freeman follows 50 I think that people. should be a new se- I, th- I think but that should be a segment. But does he follow his stepgranddaughter? I would well, like I don't to know. do What's that. her name? She's on IG. She's running his IG, probably. She's probably that's her account, this. actually. She absolutely is. laying in bed right now. Oh, oh that's, that's nasty. Disgusting. Okay. Well, that's the trash. Let's go on. Go on. Go on. Our relationships should add value to our lives, especially in the bedroom. So why don't we think the same way about our sex toys? Dame Products is a woman-owned sex toy company making the next generation of vulva-tested, vulva-approved vibrators. Founded by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops toys with the help of real humans and couples. They're closing the pleasure gap and helping the world one vulva at a time. Dame's vibrators and accessories are made with medical-grade silicone, smart design principles, and lots of love. They've got a wide variety to choose from, like G-Spot vibrators, sets for couples, even a set for when you're on the go that comes in a zippable cotton pouch. Hello, discreet. Dame products have earned glowing press from the New York Times, W Magazine, and many more. They're great whether you're a couple looking for an extra boost or on a journey of self-exploration. And Dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. Okay, so let me tell you about some of these products from Dame that I myself have enjoyed. Yes, I'm putting a little bit of my business out there. So for the girls, and I mean that in a non-gender exclusive way, the pillow which is a soft yet firm wedge that supports you in a variety of positions. Okay, so if you're out here aging like me, (laughs) if you're out here realizing that your body is not capable of some of the things it used to be and you need a little bit of comfort while you are engaging, the pillow is a wonderful, wonderful tool. Also, they have the arousal serum, which is a pH balance serum that helps awaken your clitoris with a warm tingle. You know, they have um, a water-based lube that has plant-based and it's got aloe in it so that, you know, you can't let everything around your pocketbook. You got to be real careful about that. Dame just has amazing products. Make sure you check them out, whether you want to enjoy them by yourself or with somebody else. Go to dameproducts.com slash grown today and get 10% off with code grown. Again, go to dameproducts.com slash grown and get 10% off with the code grown, grown, grown. All right, it's time to gather around the kitchen table. Many of you have asked and inquired about whether or not Jade and I were going to uh, address, deal with, speak about uh, uh, Monique, Precious's mama, (laughs) who was taken to the internet yet again. I'm going to go down to the welfare with a message. She has a message for us. Now, she, a little backstory, she was traveling. She had to do some stand-up comedy. She was at like the Funny Bone Club or something in Jackson, Mississippi or something like that. I don't know. I'm probably messing that up. It doesn't matter. She she, plugged it. She plugged the hell out of it. She did. (laughs) In her trap, she said, I'm doing three shows, a matinee, (laughs) a seven o'clock, and (laughs) ten. I hope y'all got your ticket. Okay. Um, So she was traveling to her comedy show. And in her travels, she noticed the youth, the black women uh, um, who are probably on their way, you know, wherever they're going, traveling. And they're wearing what they want to wear in the airport, specifically bonnets, slippers, pajamas. And I can't think there was a I was a, a few things that she named that and took issue with particularly. Um 
and she, you know, went on a an extensive rant um, in love about uh, how you know we need to right how how you know she just remembers the time she's honored that many many of us call her auntie mm. and as such she felt called to uh, compelled to responsible to tell us that you know we need to take more pride in well I'm not not me because I don't well well black, <laughs> black women in general used to be a time we would take more pride in our appearance we would not be outside in our inside clothes and so forth and so on that's and what she said the internet erupted in all manner of responses and commentary and critique and several people asked whether getting grown was going to weigh in on our reactions and responses to Monique's um, Sermon on the Mount. And I just was curious what, you know, what y'all's reactions were to, to Monique's comments about bonnets. You know, she's tired of the girls bonnetizing down to the airport. So what are, what are your thoughts, really? Just, I'm curious. Uh, Monique, whoever wants to go first sweet mama I say this in all love my baby mommy honey sugar pie my sweet babies okay with your charisma uniqueness nerve and talent sweet <laughs> angel face you can kindly shut the fuck up because oh, wow that's how I feel about it you are trying to police first of all I'm sure you are riding in first class and uh, you know somebody's yeah. somebody's maybe not, but I don't know. Well, okay. No, Netflix pay her. Okay, so she, okay. she should she be is. writing in first class. I would assume. I hope she is actually. And uh, it, as such, you should not speak on niggas who have to sit and coach, maybe for six hour flights. Maybe they want to wear their. They don't want their hair touching dirty airplanes. Mm. Maybe they would like to be comfortable for six hours because they can't afford to sit in first class like mm. your black ass. So therefore, I think maybe <laughs> you should mind your business and if you don't like how these bitches look in the airport, then put on your shades. <laughs> All right. How these broke bitches, you gotta put the bitch in front of it. Yeah, evidently that's what <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I too may be a broke bitch, but all I'm saying is don't police if I have on my bonnet in the airport. I have such an unpopular opinion because I hate bonnets so much. (laughs) (laughs) I hate bonnets. I hate them. I hate them in the house. I hate looking at them. I hate seeing other people in them. I hate bonnets. I don't. You just look like Chef Bayardine. <laughs> and I hate Could bonnets. Could you I, don't. Do you not? Because maybe you don't have an appreciation for the utility of no, the No, I do. So let me tell you a story. I recently was gifted a bonnet. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I put said bonnet on and took it off. And for the first time, I had second day hair. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. What have I been doing? I've been... <laughs> I've been doing things. I've been doing things harder, not smarter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then I was like, I kept looking at myself in the bonnet when I would get ready for bed, and I was like, I hate this more than I hate having to do my hair in the morning. And like, I just hate bonnets. And so they you stopped sque- wearing the a, bonnet. I Stop they squeezed the my wow. head. I always have like a thing. Wow. But you know what? It's my own trauma because my dad would have snatched my ass up if I ever had a bonnet 
Or I even you remember when it was cool to wear like a bandana around your head when J Lo was doing it and yeah, shit. Yeah, that was not a thing in my house either. That snatched me up. Mm-hmm. So I will say that like it's not a black. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so I knew much. She was doing I love it. you, Jay. I knew <laughs> it. I hate it. When she it's cut her so... camera off. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I knew it. in I my it. soul. I she knew it in my soul that. when she cut oh, her camera purple. off. Yes. I mean, it is Luxurious. a true zone. Royal a purple. Very juicy yes. purple. A queen. Yes. It's not even, it's just, I can't. But I, <laughs> it's not a black or white thing. And it's not like, because I know that it's the respectability <laughs> politics comes into this heavy. For me, I just hate seeing people disheveled. Like, I get mad at myself when I come out and I look like that. I'm like, why would you ever come out the house like this? Like, remember when Britney Spears kept getting caught in, like, 7-Eleven and she looked crazy? She, she right. had her shoes off she and shit right. in the bathroom. She wasn't well. It was just like, are you okay? So, to me, it's just like, well. I don't know. I hate it. And I and I know what Monique's talking about. And I and she did apologize. She apologized today. I, mm. I ain't listened, but I saw it on the shave room. Mm. But I just, you know, I don't like it either. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Shanti. And now a head and then I'm like a head wrap. Cool. You look great. But it's the bonnet for it's it's something about the chef boyardee look. It's the bond for me. It's like Jay, take it off. I think I that class <laughs> does come into it, right? Okay, I think a class mm-hmm. comes into it. Certain it communities, does. that's a normal thing. Girls going to school like that, you walk into the corner store like that. You know, so the judgments that come with it. Um, I talk to Jojo like this. My my daughter, I can see that she's into wearing tighter things. You know, she likes her tight jeans. Oh, wow. And so I don't, I try not to shame her or be like, girl. But I just <laughs> say you're going to attract certain attention. So you're just going to walk out with a bonnet on and your slippers on, your pajamas. Oh, well, you're right. going to get judged because that comes with a certain... There, there, there. You people have their ideas around, just like you said, poor people, ignorant people, lazy people, yada 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 yada. Mm-hmm. It, I, it comes with the territory. I'm not mad at her for thinking that. That's just like, I can't say that I if if I'm at if I'm at let's say Macy's. If I go to Macy's and I see somebody walking around with a bonnet not and slippers on, or you go to. T- <laughs> You Target or someplace, even if I go to Target, Target is a little like Walmart. It's a given. You know, I I don't blink an eye. But if you go to like certain spaces, you don't know what's going on in there. You just, you know, I I see it. I'm not like, oh, my God, shame, shame, shame. But I'm not going to act like I don't be like, oh, this nigga got a, you know, (laughs) she got on her. I can't stand the slippers in the pajamas. I don't mind Uh, the bonnet. Let's be, okay, let's. The the bonnet, I don't care about. Slippers or you mean Yes, people wear slippers. Yeah, no, I can't I've never seen slippers. Slippers and pajamas, I've seen. You've never seen slippers on an an airplane? Mm -hmm. I've seen many a slipper on an airplane. Like actual bedroom slippers. Yeah. Like them Chinese slippers or them bedroom slippers where you skirt into oh, the refrigerator have, in the middle of the night. It's doing too that. much. It's doing That's you're doing too practical. much. See, okay. if it's just it's, the bonnet, it's if it's just it's the tacky. bonnet, I'm okay. If it's just the bonnet, I'm like, go ahead, girl. Because you know, I, you I, got I understand that from a there. germ point of view. But if if it's the whole to do, I all right, you're doing a little okay. bit much. I think I think what for for me, it's like is this so when it comes to respectability 
and 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 these kinds of conversations um i think it's like it's 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 a nuanced sort of kind of position to have for me because do i think that like the reality is image matters and I, the identities that we carry unfortunately oftentimes come come with like preconceived notions and judgments and generalizations attached to them. And is that wrong? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, Doesn't make it any less a reality. Right. And so my thing is, I think I totally see why people want to sort of resist that rhetoric and just say, I do what I want to do. I wear what I want to wear. I'm grown. If you judging me, that's on you. I get that. I get that position, but I also understand the position that we're talking about now. Like, you know, if, if, if we know that people are going to judge us and look at us in these certain kind of ways, you know, would we, would we like, why would we fulfill these kind of stereotypes? Um, and so I, I'm kind I'm kind of torn because for me, I feel like I understand the, the practicality behind wanting to travel comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who traveled for work quite a bit, before the world shut down, I know what it's like to have to be suited and booted on a plane. That's not something that I particularly enjoy. It's something that I've had to do, but I don't really like to do it. And when, you know, especially long flights, six, seven hours, you know, you want to be as comfortable as possible. So I understand people wanting to, to be comfortable. Um, and I understand, like Jay said, you know, the germ thing. Um but something about Monique's delivery. Maybe I was triggered because I have been judged very harshly by a bathrobed black woman with no bra on. And, and you know, I, I understand. I don't, does she? Did yeah, she I'm just hang in? They just look. hang low. Swing low. Sweet cherry. I think she had like a sports little brought like a sport yeah. like she had on a sports bra t- today like when she apologized she had on oh. I don't when she had she on a sports bra let's Listen. not judge low-hanging fruit okay i'm not i'm, not I'm triggered but why can't the two <laughs> things exist at once like this is what i'm you saying. dress That's how you want to dress and it actually doesn't now fucking matter but also you're going to get drudged like you it's it it it's it's giving information that may be accurate or inaccurate True. And also you have the freedom to do whatever you want. And it doesn't matter what people think about you. Right. Because at the end of the day, what can we really do about it? Like, what can we really do to change people's perceptions of us in real time, especially strangers that we don't know? I um, also think just really quickly, it's a very different, I like a bonnet slippers out the house to me and like pajamas and stuff where you just look disheveled. It's very different because the respectability politics I feel very strongly about is like hair. Mm. or jewelry or like that kind of vibe where I'm like, wait a minute, this is just kind of like who I am. Right. I don't look disheveled, like, and, but who decides who looks disheveled? Right. So then we get into those kind of conversations and it's just down this rabbit hole. Right. So I'm more prone to like being, um, you know, I'm more protective of those kinds of things of, you know, but with this, Maybe it's because I hated my damn self. I'm like, uh. and I did. And I honestly felt like Monique's delivery wasn't that bad because she kept saying, I'm not saying that's what you are. I'm just saying that that's da 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 da. And it could have felt condescending. It could have. And, and it's also coming from Monique, who was like, used to be this loud mouth. 
unapologetic. Right. And like, also, so it just feels weird. And as right. in, in the words of my very dear friend Antonio, <laughs> because you know, there's different sides of things. Monique don't shave her legs. Well, right? Hate it. Hate it. I, Shame. you know, I'm like, Shame. sometimes I don't shave my legs, but he I don't goes, have a lot of hair. Is a queen expected don't have a to shave to. her legs? I'm Italian. I'm hairy. Oh, God. <laughs> I got to get it. What done. about the underarms? What's the consensus Woo, here about that? Underarms? Shame. Depends on my mood. Shame. Okay, Jade, that? you're with, you're on, you're, Jade's like me. Sometimes she will have a little, in the winter yeah. time when I'm not like wearing dresses and stuff, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not running that down. But you're having sex with your arms up? I mean, you know, it, it, wh- however Yo. the vibes flow. <laughs> yeah. The vibes. I'm with a, yeah, that's me and you. We like. I'm with a real nigga. He ain't worried about all that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I, I do get it. You know I who is? Like, my mother. A lot of that stuff. A lot of that stuff is sort of like, you know, we, we're steeped in that. That's programmed into us as, as kids. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm I also I'm very conscious of the fact. I was talking to Latoya about this other day, how like I'm not, like um, Toy is one of those people that as soon as she hits the door, she takes all her clothes off like <laughs> nakedness, just uh, just naked around mm-hmm. the house all the time. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time. It took me years of living alone to get comfortable mm-hmm. doing that because I grew up in a house where I was the only girl. I had all boy cousins and one brother. And, you know, I, mm. I, I got dressed in the morning and walked around in the house with my shoes laced up because we was not allowed to be unclothed at any time. Now, my brother could walk around shirtless, but I mm. always had to be head to toe fully clothed. And I recognize the problems wow. with that. I, I love this for you, though. Are you getting butt ass naked now walking around your not house? Not butt ass naked. No. no. Well, now, Ooh, well, now, you today, do girl. This I want you to do no, backflips butt I'm naked down now, your stairs. Now I've gotten to the place where I can sleep naked. Like, you know, I'll girl, get out I'll not, get out the shower and just oh, get in the bed. I can do that. That's nothing. Girl, I know, child, I can't just, let's go. Listen. Get it done. <laughs> Make yourself some dinner. I can't just be down in the kitchen all the way but away from can, But you can. But you can. Wait. Mm. You know what I, oh, I invite I love you to that do? for you, though. Do some, try, just try to stretch. Be in your bedroom where you're comfortable and just do some stretching butt naked. Yeah. Oh, God. Just stretch what? your body butt naked. Yeah, with the you can do it with the lights off. Yeah. Do it with the lights off, what? and then slowly raise them. You got a fancy house, I'm sure you got some dimmers. Yeah. And then get in front of the mirror, do it just yeah. slowly and steadily, start candles. getting real comfortable. And then do like you Mila, yadi yadi yadi. So the thing is, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. I'm yaddy. laughing. I'm laughing. Do like Mila from uh, Good Mom's Bad Choices and moan. Oh, do a release with it too. Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Are you nah, crazy? No, nah, oh. you gonna feel better. When I, I'm, I'm laughing because like I have, this has happened. Like I have, you know, I'm, my guest room right now is doubling as a laundry room because I'm lazy and don't put my clothes <laughs> on. So, uh, and it's, it's closest to the washer and dryer. So like now, like literally, I have literally this week, like gotten out the shower and be like, man, I don't have no sports bra in here. And I'm running through my own house. Nobody's here like this. Oh. You know, I'm running through my this, house like this is a great. Let me go get some clothes. Are you? Are you? But I mean, what's comfortable for you is what's comfortable. But are you interested in seeing what that feels like to just just to be like <sighs> naked in your own space, stretching naked? Looking or like fried green tomatoes. But I have to t- I'm not close to it. I'm not close to it, but I am fascinated by the freedom that you associate with it. Because for me, when I think about it, I don't think freedom. Mm. What do you think? What do you think? Fear. Nakedness. But, but oh. um but but um 
But freedom's know. on the other side of fear I most guess, often. I guess so. I guess I never thought about it that way mm. um, is what I'm saying. And so that's what I'm saying. I'm not close. So I guess I just never realized that doing something like that could be freeing. Oh, yeah. So, Kia, I'll say this. I was I am, you know, I have like my body stuff that like I'm like, oh, I don't know. But something that helped me was I didn't start this alone. So I have like a group of female friends, women friends that I travel with often. And they're very like they're just like super. A lot of them are European. So they're just super comfortable in their bodies. And so I'll never forget us all being in an Airbnb together. And they're just walking around butt naked, breasts hanging, vaginas out, all like, oh, let me borrow this shirt of yours. And I'm just standing there in my African rap covered like these <laughs> girls are wild. And I'm also the biggest girl in the group. Right? right. So then there's that dynamic. And then I slow like I I had a conversation with them about like how I felt. And they were like, well, do us try this. Put on a bra and underwear and do it. Or like they invited me to like slowly but steadily get comfortable with them. And it was, there was no sexual anything. Right, right. It was just sisterhood right. and it was just like community. And I've never felt more comfortable than like when I was with them. And I just felt like, wow, this is so great to just be hmm. and it not be for anyone else and not be for a man or not be for an, a picture or whatever it is for anybody else's consumption. It was just, I was being, and it wasn't documented, it was just us. And then I slowly was like, I need to practice that. I can't, pr- I don't live alone. So I can't really practice it here because I don't know these motherfuckers like that. But <laughs> in my room, it's very much like I will, I have like a maxi climber and I'll do it naked sometimes. Really? I'll do it naked. Because my breasts Don't do that with really the Peloton. On that. You will knock your coochie off your no, butt. I, no, I, I would I would <laughs> But I'm saying, like, I, I don't know if there's people that you feel comfortable like that with. If you have well, a cousin or Well, my friends are naked auntie, all the time. Like, you know? Like, and all the time. Like, yeah. I'll be on FaceTime or in a house party with with Toya and Jennifer. I mean, <laughs> them, them, them hoes are just stripped down. I'm like, oh, yeah. hey. Harry, how are your breasts today? Mm-hmm. Maybe start with a sports bra. Oh, I wear that. All when the time. I come next weekend, we're gonna oh, take boy. our mirrors out and inspect our vaginas. Oh, no. whoa! <laughs> we never said that. Ooh, we're gonna we're get comfortable with canals. our bodies, and we're gonna pull our mirrors out and look at our vaginas. That's what Kathy Bates said in Fried Green Tomatoes. <laughs> so that's what we're gonna do. Kathy Bates. All okay. right. I don't know how we got here from a week, but <laughs> here we are. Listen, here we that's are. That's an important practice. If there's people listening now that have never seen their vagina. You should look yeah. at it. You should know you your own vagina. I haven't seen my vagina. vagina. I just don't walk around the house with it just out and open. But there's but. some people that haven't. No, they've They're never really looked at their vaginas. Really? I'm like, listen yeah. now. I Come need on. to know. <laughs> if you're listening, know. and it's not Going shame. It. It's not Hello. shame. But y'all need to sit in front of some mirrors and make sure you know what your own vagina looks like. You don't like. even know where your own clitoris is, girl. Exactly. And you trying to tell a nigga. Don't know where you pee Or a person. Took me many years to figure that out as a young girl. The pee hole? I was like, what? Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just spit on myself. I was, I was just like, wait, the what is there? <laughs> oh, my goodness. She's like, I thought okay. I was peeing out the hole. I didn't know. She was like, yeah. if I use a tampon, can I still pee? And we're like, yeah, dummy. She's like, I thought this was a one-stop shop. I had no clue. It was different parts. Mm-mm. Where Mm-mm. is this third hole? Oh, I don't and, I, and I understand what you all are saying about. I understand that I, because I don't, I'm not going out the house in slippers, and to an extent, I, I do. I think it's filthy. 
those are to be worn inside right, your house. Right, that's what I said. That's not even practical. No, that's just dirt dirty. back in your home. Yeah, that's just dirty. Yeah. That's just and dirty. And my friend Raymond, we were saying, you know, well, people who wear pajama pants outside, I'd be like, so you just going to get in the bed after you've been outside? That's Ooh, yes. But they wear it like clothing. Mm-hmm. In Philly, in high school, girls would come in with uh, sweatpants, and checkered hoodies. pajamas. This was a lot of white girls as well. Mm-hmm. This was like a big fad with white girls. Slides, a big sweatshirt, and plaid pajama. Every, it was the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. That's like the college wardrobe. I did it yeah. one time in college and there was a black woman who was an assistant dean. Her name was Karen King Sheridan. She's a mentor of <laughs> mm. mine. And she came, she saw me one time. I had an 8 a.m. class. One time I wore my pajamas to class and I saw Karen that one time and she hit me with coming to my office and she said, close my door. I was like, shit. Mm. But yeah, she got me all the way. She said, like, I don't ever want to see you out here in these pajama pants ever again. I don't care what these white children do. You are not permitted. I was like, okay, got it. Duly noted. That's interesting. That's layered too. That's, That's very, very layered. layered. It's very, very layered. layered. So I understand. Mm. And I, and I, and I understand the issue with that. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get that. Um, so that's why I'm saying like my reaction to, to Monique's, video was really kind of like I don't really know how I feel because I kind of see but then I kind of see right I see both sides of of the argument so I just and that was I'm, I'm smack dab in the middle of this thing I'm not sure which way I go I think it depends on who I'm talking to but I see I see the both points I see why she's wrong and I see why she's not yeah. all the way wrong as well just from a germ level alone that's all I could think about like oh, who well, wants their yeah, hair yeah, out right, in the, on an airplane Jade not me. Especially you got the COVID running rampant and niggas breathe and cough. Hair, just brushing. Yeah. And hair. even before COVID, they be breathing all on hair. your tendrils. You don't want to cover that up. You know what I'm saying? Cover your crown queen when you go outside. It's tricky, though, because I remember trying to just do the laissez-faire thing, put the head wrap on when I traveled internationally. Yeah. But then they tell you to take they that say, joint off for the passport. Do. They oh, do. my God. I and even, 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 even yeah. 300 TSA. people, it's so embarrassing. TSA. It is. It's you the saw worst. the recent video in the shade room where the girl had, you know, mm-hmm. the, she had one of those cap wigs. Like it was like track sewn onto a baseball cap. Oh. And, and TSA made her take it off. It's so embarrassing. Like, mm-hmm. So, and she was like, and and it was a black girl TSA agent. She was like, yeah, girl, I know you got to take it off. <laughs> so, no, it went no viral. Joke. So that it head wrap don't even be working. It don't even work internationally because they want they need to see your whole. You know, braids, I just feel like there are ways. There are ways. I mean, to be fair, and I've seen Bonnets, you know, I mean, a little cringy. Yeah, maybe I wouldn't do it. But I'm saying I've seen some things. Like I've seen a girl put in crochets or take her crochets yep. out on the plane. I've seen oh, people wow. take their no, braids okay, out. No, okay, the, no, there's extremes place. of things See. too. And that shit is, just, first of all, that's filthy. That's fucking filthy. That's disgusting. You're taking that shit out of your hair in a public place. <laughs> Niggas are eating and all kinds of things. You know what I'm saying? I can tolerate a nigga taking his shoes off up under his seat. That Do what you Those do. Those white people were so confused. They were disgusted <laughs> and it was a miracle. They were intrigued. They were just like, like I was literally just... I didn't know how to feel. And I saw her and I understood the urgency, but I was just like, sis, now. You're no, gonna do this right no. Now. You're gonna do See, this right that's now, when right you here. misrepresented And she was sitting in the middle seat. She was sitting in the middle seat. Fucking and I was like, now. girl, now, girl, now, sis. But I have, like, you know, on the other side of that, I have put my makeup on on the plane. Absolutely. That's different. That's different. That's different. All the time. That's different. That's different. <laughs> Putting your makeup on on the plane is different. You may be going somewhere. It's not the same thing. But Monique. But it's only different because 
the uh, it, the other stuff is not normalized yet. That's right. The only no, that's, reason I think why it's, it's actually different. a health hazard that other hair stuff. It, it really no, is. That's it filthy. Is. It's like that's nasty. No, that's r- so that's, many things are filthy though. We get on most things on airplanes are filthy. Most things on airplanes are filthy. Now we're like we sat right. on airplanes and just breathed the same I mean, just raw dog and just raw dog in the air. Just but we're not going to add to the problem with taking fucking braids and crochets and shit up out of our head. We're not getting ready to add to it, nigga. We already in perilous situations (laughs) oh no (laughs) like and you just got your dust mites and your and your build up all like just flying through here and we're already in small quarters no bitch that shit is ghetto i don't have no problem saying that and i'm not making no apology video but (laughs) if somebody wants to cover their fucking head on the plane i think the likes of monique and other rich niggas should shut up about it Like, that was wrong That's it, but right here there. are the exceptions and I'm going to use <laughs> Antonio's quote and ask is a queen expected to shave her legs I just want to know because you no, sit up here telling people babies. what to do but you won't shave your legs there's nothing wrong with that but maybe we should all just mind our business mm-hmm. that's always an option that's always an option a hey, baby namaste you missed the namaste but it's alright all right. we're there <laughs> Right. It's crunchy. Wait, so, okay. So it's May. you had something to bring to the kitchen table as well, didn't you? Oh, child. All right. On Around the Way Curls last <laughs> week, we were discussing... What the hell were we discussing? Oh, we were discussing how, unfortunately, often when we are in toxic relationships, it brings out the domestic diva in us. Lord we be mercy. cooking, and we be cooking well. <laughs> we be cleaning... We learn how to make clothes, iron and scrubs. Whoa, I, I make girl, clothes. I, I'm washing penises. I wash feet before all kinds of shit. <laughs> yeah, he was man. Jesus. <laughs> so, child, I, so I, I posed the question on the stories. It's like, you know, have y'all ever been a dumb dumb to someone who didn't deserve it, and if so, how? So there, there, we got a lot of, we got a lot of responses, but one in particular stood out to me where she said, um, you know. Something about how she had moved across the country and then he wasn't shit. And I forget why he wasn't shit, but he wasn't. Then she came back and then she said, but you know what? God is good or something like that. And she said, because I finally started that food blog. And I, and I was like, oh, okay. I said, so because she, she was cooking that so was much her hot for him. Take. So she was like, you know what? That was a takeaway. <laughs> that was a takeaway. She was, was like, you know what? Lining. I got my food blog and I thank God for it. And so I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. But I just started thinking like, you know, I love God. Shout out to shout out to her. She knows who she is. But I just am confused. I'm like, sis, are we working harder or are we working smarter? That's that. If you're really up there hanging out, right? Why couldn't you have just zapped her and said, start your food blog? Why does she have to go through all that? Like, God is so tricky to me sometimes. Like, why does she have to go travel across the world, come on back, and then deal with this crazy man? And she said it was like three years to get away from him. And I just feel like these lessons that we're learning, is there no easier way to learn them? Yeah, but we don't Sweet listen. Sweet baby Jesus. She had her warnings probably the right. first, second I week know, that but, she was with them. What do you but mean? why do we need warnings? Like, can't you just... 
can't no. you just do it for me, God? No, yeah. no, 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 that ain't you're perfect. Not. That's not how spirit no. works. Girl, no. God is tricky. God is tricky. No. And y'all That's know, no. y'all want to say no now, but when y'all be, no. bitches all these are women tricky. be praying. No, no. Bitches, are, bitches are tricky. Let me tell you. I'm like, I just, I know exactly I know. what you mean, but I, I feel like, I feel like, see, so the thing is like, we don't want, God is not Santa Claus, right? It's mm. something, it's but not, why not? It's, I mean, that's because well, that ain't how it works. <laughs> so the so the thing is though, the and this is I feel really old saying this, but I, I am learning and really believe that sometimes we don't learn it the way we're supposed to learn it if it's handed to us. There are certain things that we only learn through the difficulty. There's certain things, and I mean, for old girl, the food blog, it may be her silver lining or her takeaway, but I don't think that she's really gotten the lesson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like. Me, me I mean, that's all the way you took from you, that, you dodo head. You know you sis <laughs> is still, you know, and that's no shade She might her. be a dodo bird with a food blog. <laughs> Shout no, out to you, though. Know, thing, one step I'm in not, the right that's direction. No, that's so no I'll judgment play, to play. her. I'm just saying we are all on a journey. Like, there's times where, like, I think about a relationship that I had years ago. And I and I, you know, will come away with a whole new perspective because what I know now, like seeing it through the lens of what I know now will teach me a different lesson that I didn't get when I was 23. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not saying that it's I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that I that I disagree with you that it is not annoying. It is very I'm just saying it's annoying. And I'm not even going to say that I disagree with you saying that it's that it's tricky. But I, I just and think it's tricky for me. I'm learning and I'm in some shit right now, <laughs> but Girl. I'm saying that um, it's just like what I, the, the good stuff don't ever come easy. Like the good, the good stuff, like the good, 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 good stuff. And that's not even me saying, I know we all anti struggle. Right, don't nobody want no struggle. Love, we be romanticizing it sometimes, want. though. I get it, but at the same time, I feel like there's there's struggle love, and then there's reality love. I feel like we got to be realistic about certain things. That everything not gonna be easy. It wasn't easy for anybody. That God, like who who in the Bible wasn't easy for? It wasn't easy for none of them. It wasn't easy for Jesus. It wasn't easy for none of Jesus's it really niggas. It wasn't Jesus. easy for Moses. It wasn't easy for Paul. <laughs> it wasn't easy for nobody that Jesus hung Peter. None of Jesus's road dogs had a good, had that easy thing. Like nothing came easy, nothing. But they were all the, the they, they were the leaders, the, the, the big leaders in faith. They came away with all of these life lessons that many of us are still learning. So I'm not disagreeing with you that it's bogus. It feels bogus in the moment. It feels very bogus. It at does times. feel bogus, but I'm I've I have I'm old enough to be on the other side of some stuff. I'm in the middle of some stuff, but I'm old enough to be on the other side. You're gonna stuff get through now. the other side, okay? Mm -hmm. Oh Jesus! But mm -hmm. <laughs> but I know that I know for sure. That the stuff that comes super easy is is the stuff we we don't even really appreciate it all the way. Wait mm -hmm. till you no, have a kid internet. You gonna be like, listen, I'm not go. doing it. I I've been real specific with my prayers because I've been praying. I'm like, and I realize like I keep praying for like this love of my life, and then I'd be like, but not a baby because you're tricky. <laughs> like don't don't do that now. Don't do that to me. So I'm just like, you gotta really have such a clear vision. Of what you want when you're when, when you're praying, when you're manifesting things. And I say that jokingly. Like, I know God's not just going to zap you. 
But there are times when you are exhausted now, what happens by if it. You meet the love of your life. You meet the, the it is just everything that you wanted, but this nigga wants a baby. Then what happens? Oh, he could get. Girl, you know she's gonna bust it wide open for you, boo. <laughs> Say less. Carry all your loads. But listen, <laughs> not alone. I'm not ready. You're out here washing, washing taints and chodes and things. Lord so. have mercy. <laughs> Anything for love. <laughs> washing niggas' anal cavities and all kinds of things. I didn't say that. Sometimes, like, some, sometimes we ask, who is it? Somebody I heard say, like, you know, sometimes you ask God for a chair and he gives you a chair. Like, I really want that chair right there. And he'll be like, sure, you can have that chair. Sometimes he gives you some wood and some upholstery, fabric, some upholstery mm-hmm. stuff. And he'd be like, you got to make the chair yourself. And sometimes you he burns your whole house down and all it. you got left is a chair. <laughs> right. And you're like, hold up. The house, that's not, that's the not house really what I had probably had bad vibes. <laughs> you don't know why, why that house yeah. got burned And down. I don't know. Like, sometimes I was like, Lord, I want everything that you want for me because I know what you want for me is best. And the Lord would be like, sure. And then that means I'm going to have to tear your current life up. That means Ooh. all the things that you have right now got to go. Your relationship, your job, the things that you, all the things that you feel like you want now, that's not what I have for you. You said that it's you true. want what's best. And he, sometimes they get to ripping some shit out your life. It's true. I was praying. I was praying for a remote job for years. My yeah. ass got laid off in COVID, got, got fucking robbed at Ikea, all kinds of nonsense, tore yeah. me up. And then finally I landed this remote job and it only would have, ha- it wouldn't have happened if all that other stuff wouldn't happen, but I was still like, all that didn't need to really have happened. Yes, you could have just obviously did. You could yes, have. You could have just helped me out. It did. That was it a lesson. Clearly did. That was a lesson. You could have just. You are no Antoinette. You know, no, when you got you already know when you got robbed at IKEA. That was a lesson. You can't. You, so you let some white women finesse you, and next <laughs> but time. Was, but I did. But Jade, who else was I with? That day, he lets up hanging and out also with this fool, he lets some white down. women finesse him too. Listen. So mm-hmm. looks God, like y'all were in the same finessed ass boat. <laughs> you gonna have to earn All right. it. We gonna have to earn it. All this stuff we say we want. He said, "Sure, you can have it, but you got to earn it." And I said, "Lord, that the house that I'm sitting in right now, when I went to see the model for this house, I literally the lady that real estate agent thought I had lost my." african-american mind i was literally walking through the people's house like lord is this it is this mine are you saying can i have is this this the one i want but can i really have this one though Mm. come on i'm not gonna move until i hear you like literally like literally and he was like yeah you can have it but in the meantime how did you know that how did you know because because i started because i started you know i applied for this first time home home ownership program i got in the home ownership uh-huh. program promised that they would do that. We, if you follow our instructions, we're going <laughs> to help you like, get what off. I got to do with God to get, um, get my first time house. I know. <laughs> listen, she listened diligently. Listen, I got into this. I got into this first time home ownership program. I applied. It was waitlist. I got in. I'm following the steps. Everything started happening in the right time. So when mm-hmm. I needed to have the deposit, I had it. When I literally went over there, it was two left on the lot. I got the I got the second to last one. And, mm. you know, things just started. And I mean, I wasn't sure right away, but as as things started falling into place, I was like, OK, I think God is saying that this is the goal. I'm down. This I think it. the difference between you and me is you have the initial underlying faith to heat to Not see. Really. But was- to see <laughs> at least to see the signs of like, 
I be seeing signs and I'm like, mm, I still don't know. Jay, what you well, think? Shout still, you what you think? I still, that was me too. Bro. I'm still asking around. Like, I don't know. I'm trying. And I'm saying like, I hope I don't be out here looking stupid, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the workshop. I'm going to go there. I'm, and I'm trying. And literally, I got under the contract, got under contract, everything. All, everything was in, in place until I was supposed to apply for my home loan. I applied for my home loan, literally did everything that they told me to do and got denied. They was like, no, girl. Mm. Then the home, my counselor at the home ownership program, she left the, left the organization. They gave me this new counselor. This lady was like, oh, she set you up. You're not ready. You don't have what it takes. You got to do this. You got to do this. No. You gotta do this. And I'm like, I'm already under contract. What am I going to do? She was like, well, you may get it, but you may not. And I'm just like, well, what do you mean? Blah, blah, blah. I'm going through it because literally that was in October. No, it was in November. I got denied for the loan and I was supposed to move in in April. So I'm just like, this is less than six months I don't have no money. I don't have a loan. Like, I got a house. They building the house, and I don't have a loan. And I'm like, well, Lord, what are you saying? Because I thought you were saying yes, and now you're saying no. And I was literally just out here looking stupid. You can ask Jay. I was stressed. Boots. Big stressed. Like, what I'm going to do? These people going to come. I'm going to go to jail because <laughs> I can't afford. I'm under contract for a house that I can't. Right. I don't have any money for. I was going through all of the motions, and literally, um, you know, it was time for me to apply for the home loan. The home ownership program was just a no-go. I was talking to uh, the developer over here. She was like, why don't you just apply? I was like, I don't have, you know, I was ho really hoping that I would be able to get this uh, down payment assistance grant. And she was like, how much do you need for the down payment assistance grant? I was like, I don't even know. I just assumed that I, I wouldn't go and have it. So putting all my paperwork, um, I'm just like, I don't know. She was like, why don't you apply for for to, for the bank that we use? We'll get you set up. We'll just see what they say. And I'm like, I don't have nothing to lose to go for it. Right. Right. I don't have nothing to lose. So in November, I had no loan, no savings. And now it is April. And they're saying, you know, why don't we just do this? So I'm like, all right, bet. I don't have. I don't have nothing to lose. They moved the, the closing date back. It was supposed to be April 30th. Then they moved it into May. So it's April. We're trying to get this situated. I go into the bank. I get approved. They tell me what I need for the down payment. And it's literally to the dollar the amount that I had in my savings account. Mm -hmm. So between November, when I didn't get the loan, to April, I managed to somehow miraculously save. I think we... We mm -hmm. did. I had a, I had a couple keynotes at the beginning of the year. Some of our um, we did a, some getting grown stuff, live live show checks or something. But either way, within that five months time, to and the dollar, I had the amount that I wow. needed. And it wasn't until I was sitting there in that office. Now that's when I felt like I heard God say, "I did it this way because you was relying on the home mm -hmm. ownership program to get this house." You asked me for it, and I told you yes. And you was relying on them white people to give you the money for this house, and I told you I got you. So the lesson was, for me, if you ask God for something, you got to trust that he'll do it. And I had to go all the way around that, that whole scary situation in order for me to learn it. And if I hadn't, if someone just handed me the house, I would have been thanking that program for the house. Now mm -hmm. I know where the house came from. Mm. So that's why I say it is tricky and it's hard. And when you in it, it feels like God be playing in your face. Playing. But I got, I've, I've said I'm old enough to be on the other side of some stuff now to really know 
that the that sometimes the scary when you can say, man, I ain't know how in the world I was going to do it, and now you in it. That's the kind of stuff that grow your faith. When God is when God is the Santa Claus and He just hands stuff to you, that's when you be like, oh, okay, I'm just going to keep asking for stuff, and He just going to give it to me. Blah blah blah. Like sometimes it don't work like that. Mm-hmm. You don't you. I, that's how I know. And and I'm based on that particular experience. I'm able to trust God for anything I ask Him for now. Hmm. Y'all, this come out on Thursday, but you just got a Sunday sermon. <laughs> I ain't mean it. I ain't mean it. I thank you for that. I ain't mean it. I'm sorry. Let me go no, ask was, God for some just, stuff on today. I feel yeah, like and when I spirit shows up and 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 does what they need to do. Don't get mad no. if it don't go the way you needed to Sometimes, go the way you listen, thought it was supposed was to go. Sometimes, listen, he was child. And I just, listen, I just left my therapist and was literally like, and you can get mad. I feel like he can handle it. I'm like, Lord, this is terrible. Do you know? This is playing with me. Do you see this? Hello? This is awful. It's not given what it has supposed to get. Right. And I'm God. like, but I thought I was doing what you said, dude. Like, I thought we was better than this. Like, I feel like <laughs> them the conversations that I have because I feel like I'm all of that. And he can handle it because I'm his kid. It's cool. I'm here for it. I but yeah, sis on the food blog, she's still, she's not quite. <laughs> we don't know. Damn. She might have made it out. She might have made it out. Why she become the next I'm not judging goddamn her. Martha I'm just, Stewart? I'm, like, I'm not judging. I'm just saying, I'm not she judging her. I'm just saying, been. that's Somebody just one of the lessons. The food blog that is was just one of, one of the gifts. No, well, you know what? Experience. She only had a, that small little quote, you know, ask me something yes. on I'm Instagram. Sure you don't have a lot to write now. If we heard her whole story. There would be mm-hmm. some more gems in there that she done got out of this situation. But shout sure. out to you, sis. And Come the food on. blog. God be Drop tricky. the link. God be tricky. tricky. That's what we're going to call the episode. God be tricky. Listen, that's my favorite thing. Tricky. <laughs> God is tricky. I like He's good, though. Tricky. <laughs> bitches be tricky. Why are that's you? Really Lower chakra, Shanti. Lower chakra. I, I feel like that's actually. I do. God bitches like, do be tricky. That's more. Sometimes that's y'all don't be more accurate. Right Negro be tricky too. Well, bitch, I said when I say bitches, that applies to it's all. Universal. Gender neutral. All inclusive. Just like niggas is gender neutral. Like Absolutely. some of you niggas don't listen to what spirit has to say to you, and then they have to go and slap you upside your head. Mm-hmm. Come on and with the prayer, a, Jade. My prayers no, are like real. real nigga prayers, but they work. <laughs> they I can't come so through good. with the eloquent I mean, um just it's so uh, nice word such as this. I don't know if that was eloquent. I felt like I sounded like uh, uh no uh, Remy Ma. You sounded go back and rewatch old you know when I get when I get impassioned when I get impassioned about something my New York comes out baby no you sound like the sermon on the mount I love it and that's how these that's what you sound like to me so I hope that's the kind of Jesus I want to various kitchen table talks but not you drinking liquor while you I see I love that yes duality amen we're gonna that's go right. Don't tell now. my mom. Right. Hey, I'm not going. That's it. Well, do that's, y'all have anything to me, close uh, out for the kitchen sure table talk before we move on? Because it is August, and I no. know many places. Inshallah. Are. 
very hot and the earth is at boiling point so make sure you're sinking your water she ready moves okay she's like whatever you need me to do king you got some things to learn today she's like you guys learned a day today y'all better get ready Antoinette's getting ready to come through with that oh lord have mercy Have you ever wondered what the stars have to say about your favorite artists and writers? Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa, where I, your host and astrologer, Issa Nakazawa, read and interpret astrological birth charts of luminaries like W. Kamau Bell, Gia Tolentino, and so many more. You'll discover how astrology can unlock fascinating insights about these stars. And who knows, maybe you'll learn a little bit more about yourself. Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa wherever you get your podcasts.